So I I go to pick it up and and there's a you know young gentleman there and I show him my tracking number and, and he goes okay and he goes into the back grabs the box walks out ah Steam Deck. <laughs> right. a man of he, can tell, he can tell from the box it's just a box but yeah. he knows from the box it's a steam deck and i felt like i was at a fancy french yeah. restaurant and had picked the right wine you oh. too are a man of culture i see <laughs> oh very good sir very good yes. i can tell welcome to pixels and puppets the operation puppet podcast the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming tech media and puppets for no easily explainable reason It is April 14th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode 7 of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Joining me are my co-hosts. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Hello. And his pronouns are he, him. It's Andrew, a.k.a. Bat Phantom. Lucky number seven. Seven a winner. Is it lucky? I hope it's lucky. I mean, lucky would be nice for a change. Seven's always lucky. We uh, So this is like three weeks since the past one. Yeah, We've actually I've got been, a slightly different cadence. I've been sick time. the whole fucking time. Are you really? I have. I got sick the night we did the podcast. Oh, no. With the Rona? We did it. No, it was not the Rona. Was it the Rona? I yeah. used to get sick. At the change of the season, yes, basically, and it would keep, I would be knocked out for two weeks, and I'm not allergic to anything. I would just get sick, and it would start out as one thing, and then it would migrate into another. Mm-hmm. And now, and even now, I'm at the end stage. I did a COVID test before I came over. I yeah, wanted to make fair, sure, fair. but it was now I've just got the lingering cough elements from the cough, like mm-hmm. where it's just it gets done the damage in your chest. So, but this is the first time I've got it since before the thing. So it's <laughs> it's it's been a couple of years since I had this, Things and it's almost back you're to allergic normal. to people. I mean, no, I was around people during the thing. No, you so weren't. I at work. I was around people at work. I had to go to work. Like unlike six, some people, six people. Your your yeah, circle that's was true. Six that's people. true. It was it was not as many people as usual. But well, the point is, it's been three weeks. It has been three weeks, and the reason it's been three weeks is because Jamie and I are both going to be away next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of switched up the cadence. We, instead of doing two weeks, we don't three weeks, and then that way we will still do two podcasts this month. So the same number of podcasts, we just kind of defer it for, for a week. So That's we right. would all be in the city at the we same time. We switched to three-fifths time so we could get the crowd clapping on the twos and the fours. He's, he's recalling a story he told before the podcast. Yep. We, deep, uh, deep inside. Guy. We appreciate all of you waiting with bated breath for yes, this podcast. I know, I know. Where's the podcast? No one Where's has, the podcast? No, I guarantee no one has asked. I promise no one has asked. Maybe so, Scarlet. Shout out to Scarlet. It would... We're starting early. Believe me, we'll get to the show to Scarlet. <laughs> we got some questions. I too am um, shouting out to Scarlet. I, I am I am shouting out to Scarlet, and there will be further shout outs mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. very soon. I also um, want to mention that Jamie's wearing his Lando Star Wars Celebration shirt from 20 true. fucking 19 when That's we went right. to Star Wars Celebration Four in Chicago. Four years ago this month. Four years ago. <laughs> Operation Pug. W- got rolled up we got completely beat by a uh, chicago deep dish pizza Mm -hmm. we rolled into that place thinking that we were three eaters what chicago got on us and the 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 woman's like what would you like we're like we'll have a large meat lovers and she's like large really are you sure and i should have are you boys new she knew 
You guys are adorable. And we're like, no, we're eaters. We eat pizza. We're big boys. We each had one slice and nearly died. Andrew and I lived (laughs) off the rest of the convention on the rest of it in our fridge. It was hilarious. It was, that pizza won. Unabashedly, (laughs) it beat us. It's now ruling Chicago. Oh, my God. We saw we were there for the... For the world premiere of the Rise of Skywalker trailer, we went, this looks good. This we looks saw. good. It looks like this looks uh, good. Have you saw? Oh, that's a it's good. Yeah. back. Yeah. We yeah. saw what fifteen minutes of Mando? Ten minutes? We of Mando? were we were the first people on Earth to see to see the footage of what was basically the opening of, of Mandalorian, Mandalorian, where he walks into that because uh, they did the live stream, and then at the end of the live stream they, they said, cut it off. "Don't leave! Don't leave! Don't leave!" Yeah. You guys want to see some real footage? And then they played the fucking clip, the, and we were like, "We're special." Where he walks into that uh, <laughs> the bar. that bar and uh, gets the guy he carbonates in the never bar equalized that like, moment. Yeah, that, that was, was the high pretty, high point of the show. Good. It's unfortunate they brought a transphobe out, but you know, hey, you what are you know, gonna do? We didn't know that at the time. Eh, she wasn't part of the clip. It's true, and also um, not part of the show anymore. That's it's, right. It's also true. I love the explanation. Well, I'm not gonna spoilery. There is uh, yeah, an explanation. I, I haven't She's watched. There, and it's quite I, good. I she literally the, died on the way back to her home planet. There, I don't think that's true. Nah, but there's really. a hint that that may have happened. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. I'm sorry. How y'all doing? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Jamie's back. I'm back. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the, all my skin is finished peeling from the uh, the March <laughs> Florida sun. Mm. Uh, literally, I had like massive peeling. Oh, that's from, disgusting. Yeah. It's it, it in March. How dare in, you be Canadian and go south? March in Florida is like August in uh, in Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking at like 30, 32 days, but it's a damp thirty-two. It, it, it is <laughs> the muggiest <laughs> oh, thirty-two God. you've ever encountered. Yeah, but like it was sunny the entire time. We had one evening of rain that derailed one plan, and that was it. The rest of the time, the weather was beautiful. Uh, we had a great time. The people we were showing around the parks had a great time, which was the point. So it was it was an excellent vacation. It was Very a nice good. breakup, and we got to experience the last month of the 50th anniversary oh. of the parks. We went for the first month in 2021. I don't think we've told people where you went. I went to Walt <laughs> Disney World. Disney World. Um, so my partner and I made an impromptu plan in 20, October 2021 on my birthday week. We're just like let's go to let's go to Disney. We're doing it, uh, and it happened that that was the month, like uh, October first, nineteen seventy one, was when the park opened for the first time. Right, Magic Kingdom. Uh, so October first, twenty twenty one, was the fiftieth anniversary. Started the eighteen months of the fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> so fucking Disney, eighteen months of the fiftieth. They want everyone. To I get it. it. I get it. I just happened to experience it three times. <laughs> yeah. uh, we went the impromptu <laughs> on the first month. We went again in November of twenty twenty two, and then this one that we hadn't had planned in March. It ended March 31st, and we were there on the March 17th. And right now, they're celebrating the 60th anniversary of Disney World for the next 10 years. No, it's uh, the 100th Everything is coming out of the vault. No, he's right. The 100th anniversary of Disney. Yes, as a company. Started in 1923. Right. And then in 24, it'll be the 17th anniversary of... uh, in the, I don't know, man. I got nothing. Uh, it, 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 they, any excuse for a party. It was an excellent time. That's all that matters. Excellent. Uh, all right. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get we're just gonna get this out of the way. Do yes. it. All right. This is I hate doing this kind of thing. That's why I never do it. And 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 Scarlet, I'm sure, is chiding me for not doing it. But I'm gonna do it. Shout out all to right. Scarlet. Shout out Scarlet. Here we go. So you know, 
this ain't free. This no. Is, this is, <laughs> so we've hit the point now where we're past our free trial on. So we get hosted on Libsyn. That's that's our our platform, our podcast platform host of choice. And which is much better than how we used to do it, which was pay oh, for an AWS bucket and yeah. then RS. Kevin had to create RSS yeah. links every podcast and make sure all the scrapers were happy with it. iTunes was happy with it. Yeah, no, it was. We used to do it manually, and it was just like a nightmare. So we we hosted Libsyn now, and they just take care of everything. It just happens. Just, yeah, RSS just, appears. I upload these. a file. I upload the show notes, and everything just happens. Yeah. So that's that's great, but it's not free. Um, so it costs us $20 a month, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, but I do want to point out that if you want to, and you do like what we do, and this is, this is not just for the podcast, this is for everything Operation Puppet, um, you can actually donate. I don't, I never put this up front because I hate when like, you know, the call to action, yeah, the con- smash the like button, the, qu- the quote unquote content creators, which is another term I hate, mm. um, keeps asking you for money. And it's like, I don't like doing that, but we're going to, we're going to point out that there is, you can buy us a coffee. We are on coffee, Ko-Fi, whatever. Um, you can do that. The link is in the show notes. It is, let's let me get it here. HTTPS colon slash slash. KO-FI.com slash Operation Puppet. You can go there. You can donate whatever you feel like. And it's only $20 a month for the podcast hosting. So I think spread out amongst our listenership, we should probably be able to get there. It would be really nice if the podcast could pay for itself. That would be that <laughs> would be, be lovely. Awesome. Or you can buy a puppet. Or you can buy a puppet. That's, buy a that's puppet also instead. true. Uh, There's that, puppets on the website. You should you should leave true. the Ko-Fi link at the bottom of the. I'm going. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to just w-w. for now. We're, we're going to mention it every now and then. I'm not going to make a point of hammering it home every fucking episode. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash. Look, you can't remember. It's slash it's co dash ko dash fi and everything is https dot com colon god there's no We've now we're never getting another <laughs> i've had people who've donated during the live streams now we're not gonna get anything ever again w you've now confused w- everybody w- so much the link is in the show notes I thank everybody who can donate. Obviously, if you can't, it's perfectly fine. This podcast will always be free, and it will always, I'm assuming, be ad-free. We're never going to get to the point where we can monetize it anyway, so that's fine. But if you can and you like what we do, we really, really appreciate you throwing a few bucks our way just to pay for the hosting. That's all. Mm -hmm. Our time is worth nothing. <laughs> so you know, and smash that like button. Smash the like button. All right, so we're gonna move on from that unpleasantness to some pleasantness. We've got some viewer questions or listener questions, I guess would be the case. Because I'm, I'm, can you tell I'm used to live streaming and not podcasting? Yeah, it's, a, it's a tag team effort. You know, this is part of a part of the extended universe of the Operation the extended Puppet universe. Oh God, that's all we need into the Puppet Verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a couple of questions, both of them from Scarlet. Shout out, Scarlet. Shout out, Scarlet. Hey, Scarlet. I'm going to the, the first one. It's pretty easy. Why is Scarlet so awesome? And can I be as awesome as them? If you donate to the Operation Puppet <laughs> oh, www. He did there. Look, um, you've got to have the show notes in front of you. It'll be so easy. You've got a phone. It's right there. I can see it. 
is it code-fi? Sorry. It's, it's code-fi.com slash Operation Puppet. KO. I didn't even look and I could remember it. Dash FI. Um, <laughs> I have an answer. I actually have an answer. What is the answer? Okay, so there is something people may not know about me is that I have spent quite a number of years studying world religions. Mm. And among those religions is Buddhism. Yes. And there is a, a popular story in Buddhism that one day Gautama Shakyamuni, who was the man who became what is known as the Buddha, mm-hmm. um, gave a sermon and he gathered all of his disciples around him. And it was supposed to be this big event. It's like Sermon on the Mount kind of situation, right? And all he did was hold up a flower. And there was only one disciple in the entire audience who kind of gave him a nod, like, ah, I get it. I get what you're getting at. Right? <laughs> I'm just picturing that guy going, oh, <laughs> I got it. I got it. Totally I got, got you. It. It was the, it was the I'm history. not going to tell you. I'm not yeah. going to tell everybody else, but I got it. I got it. Totally. Yeah. And, and this is known as the flower sermon. And the whole point is, it's like, there's no logic. There's no reason. It's like, what is the point of a flower? That's the whole message. It's like, mm. there's no sermon. It's like, the, you, you give up reason. It's not about meaning. It's about experience. What I, is, how I is gotcha. The What's yeah. the point of Scarlet? <laughs> so my point is oh. that Scarlet is awesome because Scarlet is. Mm. In our next segment, Kevin will tell us which one religion is the true religion. <laughs> It's, Spoiler alert, that one's it's going to surprise you. That one's easy. It involves puppets. It involves <laughs> Aleister Crowley. <sighs> no, definitely not that. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's why Scarlet is awesome. And how can we all be as awesome as Scarlet? You can just be. Just co-fi. <laughs> Second question. I hope that satisfies the question. I Second question. Now, this is this is an actual question. This is good. And I actually don't know my answer, so I'm going to throw it to you guys. Podcast question based on not at all real life events. So definitely based on real life events. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you do if you had uh, no internet for a month? You can't cheat. You can't go to public Wi-Fi and you can't pre-download anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is complete media blackout for a month. Mm-hmm. Do you? How do you keep yourself entertained? And also, how do you continue to do your current jobs without Wi-Fi? Uh, well, I have a massive DVD collection, which okay. is all mm-hmm. offline mm-hmm. media, yeah. um, which I could leverage. I also own quite a few books, which I do enjoy going back and reading, uh, even though I don't do it as often as I used to, because I read on my commute, on my Kindle. Sure. Uh, because that's easier, but and I would... assuming that none of the things you're playing your DVDs on require an internet connection. Correct. Yes. I mean, uh, the Xbox will uh, boot you to a, a home screen and let you play a DVD, but I also have a, a dumb Samsung Blu-ray disc right. player. Because the, yeah. the running joke back in the day was that I was backing up the internet. Yes. I was downloading DVD. the internet to DVD <laughs> yes. back when that was an option. It's the spindles this man would, uh, it was, would purchase. It was, oh, impre- it, was, it was a lot. And they're probably rotten at this point. I haven't cracked open those binders in a while. Yeah, have you checked any years, I, binders for BitRot? I should. I should totally do that <laughs> just to see. Because I, I think I've still got a DVD player hooked up to my machine. I may not actually have a DVD player. I know my up. machine does not have an optical right. drive. So that's the thing. Um no, I, I, yeah, like Jamie, I've got a crap load of stuff backed up. 
uh, that, also have that a lot of Blu-rays. internal network. I mean, mm-hmm. the Wi-Fi thing makes sense. I mean, because a lot of people still rely on streaming. And I I'm wasn't going to count my Plex library because, right. I mean, if my internal network doesn't okay, work. Okay, that's so. fair. Even so, like, yeah. if, if I could, I, I've got the discs, I could slap them into the machine and mm-hmm. I could fire them up. And I can watch, and I, I like Jamie have a, For a very month. large select. Honest no, to God, yes, easily. easily. Yeah. And it would it would almost be a blessing because <laughs> I'm the dickhead who buys who bought stuff to have it in the collection just in case. Sure. And honestly, it was partly because I eventually I assumed that at some point I'd have a partner who'd want to say, "Hey, Andrew, show me that." cool movie that you talk about like yeah let me do that let's sit down and enjoy this and it'll be great and we'll and, and we'll have a beautiful moment together as you, you talk to people enjoy. and not stare at your phone listen well oh jesus wow side note we used we used to host a movie night at our place and uh and people would some of our friends would come over and and one friend in particular who would she would constantly be on her phone most of the time and it drove me up the fucking wall and and it would you know and you know Battlestar Galactica was was the big one. We watched the whole series, and she would spend half the time on her phone or knitting or something. And then at some point, it would turn into the uh, you know who's that guy? What happened here? Yeah. Sorry, back it up for a second. And it drove me up the recap. wall. And I think she knew it drove me up the wall. And I think she just liked to mess with me as well. But <laughs> the 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 nadir of this was when we had them we had a couple of people over to watch. We were, the plan was to watch all the Oscar winners, and I have them. I have a fair number of them. And so we were watching the the friggin' Godfather, mm-hmm. and they were shit talking the costumes in the Godfather. Like people didn't dress like that in the nineteen in the in the in the fifties. That's a seventies outfit, and this was shot in the seventies. You'd think they'd have put the the effort in to make them dress properly. And I nearly fucking snapped. Like you're telling me you think the filmmakers of this movie were so casual about the costuming that they would dress them in current current outfits and, and have no regard for the for the time that this actually took place in. Like, yeah, no, totally. And I'm I was just I thought they were I absolutely thought they were messing with me, not the case. Anyway, I don't want to get into it any further than that. But I was apoplectic at the thought that they were that they thought that the filmmakers didn't care about mm-hmm. the 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 something as simple as the friggin' costumes of that era. <sighs> How about you, Kevin? Good times. Yeah. No, you couldn't do it, could you? It, you'd, be, I, you'd be dead. I, well, you'd be a husk. Um, running my business would be impossible. Yes. For, for one thing, uh, because I rely on the internet for that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what I would do, the only thing I can think of is the one time uh, in in memory, not even recent memory, but like, you know, 30-ish years ago when I actually was without internet for a week. And I went to my parents' place up north, they didn't even have a computer, much less the internet. And this was, you know, back when we were all on modems and stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. and what I ended up doing was writing a D or the foundation for a D and D campaign. Wow! Because I brought my D and D books, thank fucking god, mm-hmm. and I created an entire world. That is still in use today. It is the foundation of the Neverwinter server. It is the foundation of like of the world the Oracle came from. It is oh like it has informed so much. I got so much 
minutia done in that week just because I had nothing else to do. The right? internet so, is poison, is yeah. what our point is. Um, I, w- I want to uh, just imagine you conversing with someone via letter over a puppet. <laughs> Dearest Kevin, I hope this missive finds you well. I am concerned that the Greebly is not pink enough from the, you know, from the sketch you sent me. I have included swatches from the flip. From the f- the felt. The felt. I, Let me I know mean, which one works better for you. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet, but I'm waiting for it to happen. So yeah, that's that's kind of my only answer. I think um, you know, I'd, I'd build puppets. I mean, I'd have I'd restock the shop for the time that the internet would come back, and mm-hmm. and when the internet comes back, there would be so many puppets. Mm. But side note, I mean, I le- I kind of legitimately was preparing for what I call the digital, digital apocalypse, apocalypse. Yeah, sure. which is I still think is on the table. I mean. But the All problem is the digital is, apocalypse is going to be physical media rotting. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of it for sure. But it's just it still feels like all it takes is one shit government to get into place to well, to start hacking, hacking away. At it's what's not available. just that. It's like, like being into archaeology and history. It's like, you, you know, the only reason we know anything about previous cultures is because they wrote shit down and it lasted. Yeah. Right. We are in, and historians and archaeologists call this the digital dark ages, because when the technology goes away that can read our current records, that's it. We're gone. Like, we don't, there is no historical record for our civilization. And we're about to lose the Wayback Machine, is that right? Are we? Are we? Is is that not part of the discussion about the Internet Archive going on? No, the the Internet Archive was being sued because they were keeping copyrighted works. Right. But but the Wayback Machine, I think, is. I thought that was part of it. Okay, that's fine. But still, um, all it takes is a couple of those sites getting a lawsuit and they just disappear. I mean, just look at uh, the Warner Discovery merger and everything that fell off of Mm -hmm. um, uh, HBO Max and now is not available unless you download Mm -hmm. these shows like yep. you can't get the piracy is your only option and this is why like you know archival practices are so important because mm-hmm. the, those are the things that preserve these things we well, know we know almost nothing about uh the sumerians because everything was on clay tablets and clay tablets well, don't survive well we do right. know a lot because they wrote stuff down on those clay tablets yeah, and we have the fragments there's not a right? lot of there's clay tablets what we form. call the dark i can't even believe we're getting into this what we call the dark ages which is the post-rome which period, is when all the, pa- the paper burned in the library of alexandria people and- stopped doing things like writing or working in metal and they, they started working in materials that perish. Yeah. So they started working in wood and, and uh, leather and things that decay. Yeah. So we just don't have a record. Yeah. There's and no written material. So we have to kind of guess about what was happening in those ages because that stuff went away. And people today can't even back up their shit to more than one location. Yeah. Oh, no, my dissertation is gone because I lost the pen drive it was on. So this, I couldn't keep I mean, it on the cloud. In terms of, like, the future, there's going to be a way, like, just just in the same way that we could do archaeology and kind of decipher, like, we had the Rosetta Stone that allowed us to, to finally read hieroglyphs, for example. There will be a way for future civilizations to decode some of what we're leaving behind. But because it's so locked into a specific technology, they're going to have to recreate that technology. You know what? I think maybe future historians not knowing about this time in history (laughs) might be better. (laughs) Like they dig up this warehouse in China that's full of MAGA hats. And they're like, what what is this strange saying? They're going to hit the Funko Pop layer. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Exactly. It's going to be Funko Pops and like fidget spinners. Yeah. Right? And that's what's going to be left of our civilization. So on that happy note, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to take a quick break. 
and we will be back with the Puppet Pit. You have entered an alternate dimension, a dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives, so I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the Puppet Pit. Welcome to the Puppet Pit, where we talk about the puppet side of Operation Puppet for the past three weeks, this turns out, so... Three weeks worth of builds. Everything post Neef. Yeah, everything. The store's full of puppets, folks. I um, made too many puppets. Come get your puppets this week only. I feel like every time we do this, I'm either going, I did not build nearly enough, or I built like more than I ever expected to. This has been just like normal. This has been an average number of puppets that have happened in the past three weeks. So where we left off the last time, I had finished the first Neef and was starting the second Neef. Mm Mm-hmm. The Neefs are like the Skeksis-y kind of mm. new design. That They're I, like bug birds. <laughs> bug birds is good. I like bug birds. Uh, so this one was the Live Hands one that had the finger extensions. Um, and that turned out real good. I liked it a whole lot. I ended up going with pink. It also sold very quickly. It did not sell. Oh, That's did still, I, The Neef, the Live Hands Neef is still available oh, on the direct the f- shop. First it was the first Neef. Yes. The blue one with the rod arms that sold immediately. Yeah. Um, the, but the other Neef, the, the Life Hands Neef is still available if on the direct shop Neef, at OperationPuppet.com. I think Life Hands is challenging. I think that's... that's uh... Well, it's also the fact that I'm keeping it on the direct shop. Yeah. Um, the direct shop gets so much less traffic oh. than the Etsy shop. The the rod arm one I put on the Etsy shop. Everything I want to go quick, I put on the Etsy shop. Everything I'm like, I'm going to save this. This is special. you got to earn it. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to earn it. It's the, I, you know, usually the things that, that cost more... Go on the direct shop because then Etsy doesn't take as much of a cut. It's a whole percentage yeah, thing. You're right? not supposed to tell people that. I absolutely, I have it on the Etsy shop itself. <laughs> it says, for the full catalog, please go to operationpuppet.com. This way, Etsy doesn't take a cut. Exactly. I'm I'm shameless. I don't care. Like, Etsy can close me down if they want. I will still have the direct shop. I still have ways of getting to people. Mm-hmm. It's just that Etsy is convenient, right? So, Operation Puppet. Yeah, so so that got finished and it, it ended up much better than I expected it to. Um, so Neve two got done. I did two smalls, one furry and one fleece. Um, and uh, the smallie. Now this is a special one because, as we talked about on the last podcast, our friend Tom Stewart of the Creature Work Studio released a free pattern called the smallie, and we did a build on stream. Um, where we, and it was hilarious because I actually messed up. I didn't read the pattern before I started making it. I don't need a pattern. Well, I, you know. You didn't read the pattern a couple times. I made the oracle, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) So I'm afraid it was a little bit like that. It's like, ah, I've done this so many times. I don't need to, I can just jump in and do this, right? And the way that Tom had structured the pattern is that some of it was in in chunks because they had to fit it onto a like eight and a half by by eleven so people can print it. Right. And I think I've done this myself. My pattern that I sell on the Etsy shop is also like this, so I should have known. Good thing he was in the chat and said, That's not quite it. Tom You're doing it wrong. Yeah, I happened to actually be in the chat. It was like, um, I think there's another piece to that as I was tracing it out and I'm like uh, oh, you're right. Okay, never mind. So just, I just up, xing this part out. Yeah, just ignore all this. So I, it was it was quite funny, but um, it 
it illustrated a point that I like to make, and I, I talked about this in the blog. It's that, um, for example, when I went to do the B.J. Geyer courses on the Stan Winston School of Character Arts, which I encourage everybody who's interested in building to do, um, I had already known kind of the fundamentals of puppet building. So I didn't get a lot of new information that way. But the thing about the, the B.J. Geyer courses is they are archives of live streams that he was doing. And so it's not perfectly edited. It's not like stuff happens. There's mistakes. Accidents happen. Yeah. And what you do, and the, the the part that was so valuable to me was to watch a professional, somebody who dealt with all of this stuff multiple times before, be able to cope with this and compensate for it and understand the thought process that BJ went through to work from point A to point B in terms of like, oh, here's something that went wrong. Here's how we deal with it, right? That was unbelievably valuable. And this was the, pretty much the same thing that happened on stream. It was like, oh, okay, I messed up. Here's how we're going to fix it, mm-hmm. right? That's incredibly valuable because I keep saying this, the only difference between a pro and a beginner is a pro has made the mistakes and knows what to do when they happen. That's the only difference. It's like Eddie, Eddie Kingston said this week, if you saw that clip, he said like, it's, it's not win and lose. It's like you either win or you learn. Yeah. And that way you, you never lose yeah. as long as you learn. You, you have to make the mistakes in order to know how to handle them. He swore right? more when he said I'm sure he did. Um, the other it, thing it, is- was, it was hilarious when it happened, though, because it's like I, I feel good, yeah. actually, because it's like sometimes I feel like, you know, I've got imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? It's like I, I come off like I'm some authority. And it's like I've only been doing this for we're, we're approaching four-ish years now. And it's like I, I'm just beginning. There's people like Tom has been doing it much longer than me. But in right? your heart, it's been there for like 50 years. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's, a whole different. Other, that's a whole other thing. That counts. Thing. It feels like I've been doing it for longer, but I also don't want to come off like I'm some kind of authority figure, right? right. So like I make mistakes too. Like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, things are going well and like people enjoy my work, but I'm also always learning and always developing and I'm still at that stage. So. The way you chose through the hands was really neat. So what I did, that's one of the things, the reasons I wanted to do the small E pattern. Thank you on, on stream uh, like this is because I didn't do the pattern as Tom had laid it out. Tom has a really neat way of doing the hands where the thumb is actually a separate piece and it is then. It's actually opposed it's to the finger. It's literally an opposable thumb, right? Um, uh, that is fantastic. And it also takes time. Because then you have to make it as a separate piece. You have to stitch it on as a separate piece. So I, because I'm working for the shop, I have to work quick, right? So I did a simplified version of Tom's hands. Um, and I also did my my classic Vulcan type, you know, two fingers and a thumb. Because let me tell you, it's the universal truth. Pub builders universally hate doing fingers. It is the worst on any kind of build. So comic any, artists are the same way. Any, anytime we could we could reduce the number of fingers, that's good. And it just so happens that since I make mostly monsters, I can always get away with making fewer fingers. So I always do that. So I made a version of the Smalley hand that only had two fingers and a thumb and always and also had it all as a single piece mm-hmm. as, as one flat thing. So we did that and then I finished the build this week. And I actually finished the build on stream, which was a bit unusual because I hardly ever get to actually finish, like, do the features, the facial features on Puppet on stream. Because we're always usually, you know, in the middle or starting or something. And the finishing thing, the way builds usually work is there's a lot of buildup. And then when it comes together, it comes together really quickly. 
and all of a sudden you're just done. Mm-hmm. And that really coincides with when I'm streaming. This time it just so happened that I, I did all the infrastructure stuff beforehand and so we were able to finish it on stream. And that was really fun because I got to do all the, the, the fur grooming and the placing of the eyes. And I showed how the eyes were, were you know, how to use the, the hot rod method. <clears throat> yes, it's, it's called the hot rod method. What you do if you need to make a hole in a puppet. There's two ways to do it. So to put like an eye in or to like mount a doll joint or something. There's two ways you can do that. You can either just take an awl or, or a pair of scissors or something and punch a hole in it. And that's destructive, obviously. Or you can do the more sophisticated and much more dangerous way of taking a piece of copper clad steel welding rod, which is the kind of thing that we use for arm rods, and heating that up to red hot and then burning a hole mm. through the fleece and the foam. And that way smells better. And in this case, the fur. The thing is, it's all synthetics. So it's literally plastic. So you're just melting plastic, right? So it literally like cauterizes. It makes a perfect, clean little hole that you can then mount whatever you need to do onto it. It's also, of course, very dangerous because the way I do it is I take a piece of rod, put it in a vice grip, take a butane um, culinary torch, and heat that fucker up until it's literally glowing red and then burn holes where I've, wherever I've marked the holes that need to go. So, of course, you know, I've got, I've got, I'm pointing at the fire extinguisher that is here. I know where that is. You can burn yourself very easily. It is dangerous. You have to be careful. Much like working with bard, you have to be careful with the materials. But it is uh, by far a superior method. So I was able to kind of demonstrate that on stream, which was really cool. And there were people in the chat who had never seen that before, mm. right? So that was cool. Um, did you did you capture the moment where you gave the puppet the kiss of life? Kind of, yeah. Because usually what that is, is when you put the pupils on. Because the pupils are usually what people do last. Sometimes I actually do the tongue last, which is a bit weird. Most people don't. Most people put the pupils last because the, what's... What you need to tinker with the most when you finish a build is the eye focus. And that usually involves moving the pupils around. you want around to converge at the camera. You want to create the quote-unquote magic triangle where the where you'll, you'll notice that most of the Muppets are actually slightly cross-eyed. Mm-hmm. And it's because you're creating a point of convergence. So if you were to draw rays out from the pupils, they will converge on a point. And that makes it easy for the performer to indicate where a character is looking. Mm-hmm. Um there's a really good Adam Savage tested video where he's talking <laughs> there is to... There's so much good Adam Savage tested video stuff right now. Where he was talking to the two uh, Fraggle Rock uh, performers, and they were showing you that you never hide an eye. You always keep both yes. eyes visible, even on side shots, because if you lose the pupils, you lose where they're looking. You'll notice if you watch a professional performer in, in camera... Mm-hmm. specifically, they will never turn a puppet 90 degrees. You will never see a perfect profile. And it's because you always want to keep both pupils in camera at the same time. And oftentimes, one will be in front of the other. So it'll be looking out that way at yeah. nothing with the other character behind them. But since they're giving the illusion of looking towards it, your brain fills in. They're on the mm-hmm. same plane looking at each other. Your eyeline in real life is not your eyeline on screen, right? Yeah. Right. So, so that's why puppeteers always work to looking at a screen and not looking at what they're doing with their hands. But um, uh, it was really interesting because they were they were talking specifically about how they're almost never in the same plane, yeah. And they're never looking at each other. They're looking 
towards the camera in the direction of the other puppet. I can't even imagine what it's like to actually, because I've never worked with another performer. This is another thing that I really would like to do, mm-hmm. but I know I would be terrible at it, is is actually working with another performer because it's like a ballet. Like you have to, the, the way you have to physically move is unbelievable. Like I've watched it happen. And it's do you like, know what they call uh, a, a bunch of puppet performers doing a large scene? It's standing prom style. Yeah. Where it's chest to back of all the performers. You gotta in get you scene. get to know people very well. Let me tell you, one of the one of the deep dark secrets of puppet performing is good deodorant. Mm. Because you're getting up close and intimate. It's very intimate. I it's, you it's you should cool. really look up these uh the, no, the, the most recent do you seen these? Not the not the Adam Savage one. The, look up the, the Adam Savage most recent tested ones where he's doing stuff at the uh, Henson uh, workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he talks to the, the, the two, Moki and Gobo. I can't remember the, the performance John Tartaglia, names. and he's also the principal behind the new Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. And, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the, of the other performer. She was, she was excellent, though. They, were both, they, were, they, were, they would bounce in and out of character. And at one point, John had, had Gobo up, and he was talking. And he took Gogo down and kept talking, but Gobo kept yeah. speaking. Like he had him oh, kind of yeah. down at the side, but it, the mouth kept going. It just it's it magical. becomes automatic. Like yeah. it just like you're you 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 literally put your consciousness in your hand, mm-hmm. right? Like and it's, you it's guys see it when I do it. Like yeah. I, I it's not even there's no conscious thought process happening. But it's they also just talk automatic. about the pain. Oh, and I, and could, I could talk about the pain. The, like the reaching up through a pond with a rubber gasket around your arm with a wet puppet that weighs <laughs> twice as much as it used to doing scene after scene and uh like they they just the, the discussion the frank discussion about what goes into puppetry and how everything lives and dies with a frame of the camera mm-hmm. like they talk about these shots where there are multiple cameras they have like six to ten monitors that they walk by mm-hmm. to make sure they're properly in frame and their their eye lines are good and they'll say you know, we did this whole take, and I just realized my eyeline was blown. I got to do it again because mm-hmm. it's not looking anywhere in particular. There's a fantastic video. I'll see if I can dig it up. Of I think it's Marty Robinson, who's one of the performers on Sesame Street right now, and he's giving a workshop um, of of puppet performing. And he's he's got the puppet above his head, and it is rock solid in the frame. It is like it's not going anywhere, and he his body is like. He's dancing around underneath it like he's made of jello. It's mm. unbelievable. And the, the, the people who were there taking the workshop, one guy says, you are a dark wizard mm. because nobody can do that. Yeah. How is that even possible? But it's, it's enjoy just, well, last kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, then the, the trailer for the next big uh, puppet based endeavor went up this week, of course, for the electric the, mayhem. The, the full oh, electric of mayhem course. Trailer yes, up, yes, yeah. yes. So that's that's the next big high profile <coughs> Muppet. Puppet endeavor. I'm I'm encouraged. I know that um, that Kirk Thatcher and uh, Bill Beretta are are the main forces behind that right now. So that looks that looks no idea how many episodes it'll be, but uh, it should. I think they said it's all going up at once. It's all going up at once. Yeah, Yeah, it's probably six episodes. May tenth, I think. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they they gave the uh, the date of the first episode. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there's been a lot of good puppet content. It's been, you know, Operation Puppet hit at the right time because there's been like so much puppet stuff. And I almost wonder, it's not that, you know, suddenly the gestalt has changed and puppets are back. It's that the puppets have always been here and we just haven't noticed. Mm -hmm. Now we're noticing because we're looking for it. Right? Have you watched Back to the Rock? I have watched the first episode. Is it is it worth digging up? It's interesting in that it is literally a restart. 
they they don't acknowledge the previous series at all. Really? Yeah, it's they're just starting from scratch again. Yeah, I mean it's it's a children's show. It's not a nostalgia show. It's literally yeah. supposed I, to be for the kids. I, it, so they're not worried about continuity. They, they seem so endearing and genuine the two actors talking oh, yeah, about it so it really made me think about looking it up the first thing i thought it was first of all the, the, the new tech that they're using is amazing yeah and the sets are unbelievable they're so much bigger than yeah, the original sets I, I don't doubt it um i i i was like wow apple put some money in this because mm. there is like huge gigantic sets like the the size of fraggle rock itself is is like four times the size of the set of the old show so it's oh and we got uh excellent trans visibility in the gorg video it's true that uh, they did morgana innis i think Innis, something like that yeah um they they the, the other adam one of the other adam savage ones where they talk about full size puppetry where somebody has to get in a suit and they wear a servo-controlled rig on their head that someone else puppeteers from outside, and the act, uh, the uh, the actor puppeteer. It's a team. Uh, what, what, what is the person inside the suit called? Um, usually a suit performer. Suit I, performer, if I remember correctly. The yeah. super performer was Morgana Innes, and uh, and they were they did an excellent job. They were uh, they talked with uh, Adam beforehand. They were really interested in how the thing went together. It's I have like, looked it up. Her pronouns are she her. Yes. Um. They when they made the costume, it's like a loose nylon mesh, and they hand punched all of Junior Gorg's fur as yarn. Hmm. Uh, like hundreds of hours of work manually punching all these pieces of yarn to make this but it's all it's extremely breathable because mm. it's a loose nylon mesh they want them to survive yeah, yeah so, so yeah. They, it turns out that actors are slightly more expensive than they were in the 80s <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh, the, the but Chuck it was very e. interesting yeah it was this. great uh, if if we should we could dig up the links to those videos yeah, and put sure. in the show notes because those were both very excellent videos absolutely so that's that's what's been going on with me i finished Oh, this has been a week because I've been trying to get through a workload mm-hmm. because next week I'm on vacation for the first actual vacation since 2019. Take two. Uh, yeah, take two, literally. Um, so I've, I've kind of, I set a slightly unrealistic goal for myself and I met it. Nice. I, I literally did. So I did the internals of two Greeblies and the Smalley on Monday. Tuesday, I don't actually remember what the heck I did. It was but a blur. It, it really was. Wednesday was on Star. Oh yeah, you know Tuesday was was doing the skin of the smallie, and then Wednesday was the build stream yes. where we did the finishing of the smallie. So I did two greeblies in two days, and finished off a smallie, and finished off a smallie in one week. And that was that was quite a lot. But we got it done because next week that's the segue into saying there will be no build stream. Next week, which is, let's look up the date now because I should have planned ahead. Next week would have been the 19th, April the 19th. Um, well, to be honest, it still is the it 19th. It still is the 19th. The build stream would have been on April the 19th. It is no longer on April the 19th because I will be on a plane going to New York City. I was going to say New Idaho. York City? I know anyone other than me remembers that uh, New pace, York City? that pace uh, salsa commercial. New York City. But they had the cows in one of the versions go New York City. And I, I was doing deep, obscure callbacks. Deep cut. Great. Deep cut. Pace thick and chunky salsa. 
other salsas are made in New York City, and they cut the cows in the field in Texas going, Moo oh, York City. I found it. It's in the database. Yeah, I found it. It's right there. I found the brain cell that stores that. Oh, God. Why did you do that to me? No, that, that brain cell is alive now. Any time that I, someone says New York City on its own, I go, Moo York yeah. City. I just hear the cowboys going, New York City. So I little older that's where i will be next week so the week after we will resume the build streams um operation puppet live meeting in new york city tuesday you know that's that's there's a plan we're going to be doing something like that probably next year is dandy wellington in town uh probably he so far has not posted anything if he's at that hotel again you owe it to yourself oh, to go to that hotel again. I will again. track down Dandy Wellington because that was a fantastic dinner, and those were fantastic drinks. Are we 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 gonna we gonna oh wait 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 Margaret's going no COVID. oh the hotel's gone the hotel is gone oh my wow. god okay, well at, at any rate we're gonna we're gonna, we don't even have a plan we know we're gonna go we're gonna go we've never done Harlem properly so yes, we're gonna yes. go to the Jazz Museum in Harlem. Uh, and beyond that, we're going to have some nice food. We're going to go to some museums. We're going to walk around Central Park. We're Are you going to go to like the suspected location of the Cotton Club and places like that? No, it's that that's a little actually further north in Harlem. Okay. Um, so we're going to actually stick around. We're going to go to Sylvia's, which is the the famous soul food restaurant, chicken and waffles. Yeah, and um, and the in the Jazz Museum. Nice. And that's all I've really got on my on my agenda. We're just going to like be in New York and and go to a Mets game and maybe not view sports because I never do that because it's me. But anyway, that's that's it. That's what's been going on with the puppet thing. Uh, so. I guess there's no segue. I don't have a segue. There's no segues to be had. I'm going to be in New York. If you want to follow my New York adventures, as always, you could join the Operation Puppet Discord. Or Mastodon. Or Mastodon or Instagram. I will be posting on all three things. And those are really my only social media outlets at the moment and probably for the foreseeable future and even less if I get tired of Instagram and Pixel Fed actually picks up and actually becomes a thing. Mm, Yes. Anyway, we're going to take a real break because, boy, do I need it. I've been doing a lot of talking and we will be back with Gizmotown. The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. You know, back in my day, those would have been on a cart. On like a, like an eight track basically, yeah, you slap the, it into the, the deck and you play it. Oh man, um, those are the days. I'm, I still love it. I still love oh, that. It's intro. pretty good. I don't. I, I have a problem kind of thinking about where I'm going to come in because yeah. it's like I just want to listen to you that. Just want yeah. to luxuriate. <laughs> yeah. Where's I need a cue. Thankfully, there's the two of us with no uh, decorum, <laughs> <Nope>. just completely <laughs> jumping. No, on it's it. good because otherwise I would just sit here and go, "Oh right, we're right. doing a podcast." Right. Uh, welcome to Gizmo Town, where we talk about tech. 
And I swore. You know what rhymes with tech? <laughs> <laughs> I, the sirens outside. It's a little distracting. It's crime. Don't you just ignore you it. Probably can't hear that on the. Hopefully, can't hear that on the podcast. But there are sirens outside. Um. Wow, that's really loud. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's uh, flavor. If that's nothing, right. like, Andrew, my mic probably won't pick it up. Jamie's probably will. I got crap, mic. <laughs> I got crap, <laughs> so, mic. Uh, so I promised that I wasn't going to like turn this into the Steam Deck podcast. Guess what we're talking about? We're, there's going to be a whole new section. I'm calling it the Deck Nook. Because that's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yep. And, and I like alliteration. But um, there's a point. And so as we talked about uh, last podcast, I did in fact order a Steam Deck in the intervening three weeks I have received and have extensively used my new Stream Deck. Um, and it's really interesting in that, uh, now that I've got used to it, it really does feel like this is the way forward. Like not just the steam deck itself, but the fact that now there are some like other competitors in the field kind of entering the picture. Well, there, there's been a few, uh, I and Neo is a big one. They've, they've done, this is their, I think they're on their fourth or fifth. Uh, AMD laptop chipset based right. uh, handheld. Uh, Anbernic has done a couple yeah. uh, in the uh, Windows based uh, form factor. They don't do Linux, uh, although some of these you can install um, SteamOS on. Any of them you can because they're just PCs. So right? SteamOS is real. Like all the 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 features they put in are aimed at this AMD chipset that Valve is using, sure. and these things are using the laptop chipsets. So you may not get the benefits that Steam decks get from them. Gotcha. Uh, but Ambernick, um, Ioneo, um, Ein Odin has the oh, Loki right. you talked about that one yeah coming out I remember the problematic name the uh, I was looking at the <laughs> Iron Odin which was the uh, Android based um gaming thing but they've got the Loki which is also based I think they've got both Intel and AMD chipsets in various price points for it right so there's a bunch of handheld PCs out there and I think the difference of course is that the Steam Deck came in at this price point oh, so that's, is, that's the price the point thing, right? is because everything else starts at around six to eight hundred dollars for yeah. really poor specs comparatively and they don't have like they all run Windows so they don't have the performance that you're getting on the Steam Deck yeah uh, because Windows uh, as we will talk about, is only really starting to look at handheld PCs uh, in terms of optimization. Ugh, fine. We'll go into the hardware for a handheld. So that's the the biggest surprise to me with the Steam Deck. And, of course, I mean, I'm coming at it from position of somebody who I, you know, I do and have often dabbled in PC gaming as well as console gaming. I have sort of settled on console gaming as my mainstay mm-hmm. for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, but as we've talked about before, I'm just, I'm so far out of the hardware loop that I'm like, I don't, I can't, no, there's no money anymore to do this. So, and I just don't want to do it anymore. Um, still something like the Steam Deck is very appealing if I want to keep playing PC games. Now, the interesting thing is I currently have one quite good gaming PC mm-hmm. and two mediocre gaming PCs, all of which can run anything I want to play. Um, most of which can run it at 4K60 at you know almost full, if not completely full, visual fidelity. And I still prefer to play stuff on the Steam Deck. It's weird. Yep. Now, I have 
I have had handhelds before. I was a PSP first gen owner. Like I really, really liked that thing. Yep. So I was never an, into uh, Nintendo stuff. So I was never like a DS or anything. PSP, I think, was probably my first real handheld. Um, but nevertheless, like I, you know, I've the form factor itself, I've I've done before, and it's been fine. Never really been my thing. But there's something un undescribable about the Steam Deck and the way that they've done it and the form factor and the way it feels in your hand, there's a coziness to it. For me, it's Steam input. It's yeah. the ability to map games that really don't or shouldn't be like Civ <laughs> Civ Five. I can play Civ Five quite handily on the Steam Deck with a controller when normally you're using keyboard shortcuts yeah. at best. That's one of the major things, and I think that's the thing that people don't talk about with the, you know, the. we'll talk about this in a second, but there are there are some competitors coming out now. Yeah. Um, at this price point, that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but they don't have the touchpads, and I freaking love those touchpads. The tactile, the tactile element so of it is yeah. insane. You either love them or you hate them. Uh, right. One of the main reviewers that I watch, um, Retro Game Core, never uses the touchpads on his Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And he was saying in a recent video that he wonders what it would like, how the, the size would be affected if they weren't there on the front. Right. Because that's not their preferred input but i love them I, I any any chance i get to go to them for something is yeah. excellent yeah. and i mean i had a steam controller mm-hmm. when, and that was where they were prototyping yes. this idea yeah. and i you know it was fine for some stuff i could see where they were going but they hadn't quite achieved yeah. it yet in the steam deck it feels like they have i think right? the combination of thumbsticks and the touch areas yeah, yeah. really gets you over that hump, whereas the Steam controller only had the touch areas. I feel like I have so many options yes. you know, with the Steam Deck that it just feels good. It, Everything about it feels good. Way more than, like, the, even the PSP, the original PSP had those little slider yeah. joysticks, and they were fine. Yeah. But you wouldn't want to do anything with them for more than, like... 15 20 minutes you accepted that it was the compromise yes it was yeah to keep and, it to keep it thin. and having full-size thumbsticks on the steam deck is just it, it feels like a controller your hands are further apart but it feels like mm. a controller yeah they they, they really got a lot of research into the ergonomics of it i think mm-hmm. it feels it just feels good to to run and this is the thing that has surprised me i have the option of playing whatever i want wherever i want in full visual fidelity and I still opt for a lower frame rate, a much lower visual fidelity, but just because it's comfy. Yeah. It, there's, some, there's a comfy factor to the Steam Deck that I just like. It's just, And it's not – I'm now far enough in that at first I thought, oh, this is just because it's the new thing. It's my new toy. I'm going to play with it. But it's now got to the point that even in a situation where I have the option of doing something much better visually – I still opt for the Steam Deck just because it's a there's a comfort factor there, and that is really interesting. That you, I did not see that coming. You can be where you want to be. You could be in bed. You can be on the couch. Yeah. You you don't have to be at a desk doing stuff on a computer. And the other thing for me, at least, is and the, again something I didn't see coming. That's why I'm talking about it. Is that there's something about the holistic quality of it. The fact that it is a single unit. If I was to play, like I can play. On my high-powered gaming PC through Steam Link on my Apple TV in the bedroom, laying in bed with the controller, just fine, no problem. But I have to turn on the TV. I have to make sure it's the right input. I pick up the controller. You can also do that with your Steam Deck via Moonlight. There are steps, right? 
And with the Steam Deck, I pick it up and I play. Yeah. Right. And that there's there's something about the simplicity of just picking it up and playing that is uh it, it's that final final ten yards kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. You just you just get it and you go. And there's something about that that is incredibly appealing. What I've been amazed by <clears throat> is the robustness of Proton. I mm. haven't had to fuck with Proton at all. And I've installed some games that aren't recent right um like silver rated ones or? I, I i i've got a couple gold i i think no even civ 5 is uh gold rated mm. but like the default proton version that comes with the steam deck has worked with everything yeah i haven't even I haven't, psychonauts which is i have not uh, tested its limits that's for sure i i've been going through like i've got fallout 4 and new vegas there which aren't the PC versions weren't very controller friendly. Um, the I've got Psychonauts One, which the PC version is a bit of a, a, a dog's breakfast to get configured for a controller. Right, yeah. but once you do it, it's it's brilliant. Um, like uh, the uh, Civ Five, like a bunch of things that just don't normally go well think, yeah, on right. something with a controller like this. And it I just mean, I've great. installed whatever the, the QT Proton, the, the, you know, the experimental thing. I've yeah. installed all that. I've never had to change it. I've, I've never I've had to also, do anything with it. I like, also brought in QT Proton yeah. just in case, and I, I have yet to run into a game that I want to play on the deck that requires me to not use yeah. the, the version of Proton they ship. Um, the only uh, issue I've had in, in my light use of it um, I finally tried some Switch emulation, and I oh, was yeah. trying uh, Puzzle Quest. So I wanted to lowball it. You know, this is just a basic eShop yeah, game. Yeah. And after the f- after I did the demo, or just the, just the first couple the of intro missions, mission. I got it. Uh, it glitched out on the background. Mm. There were some weird tiling issues, and I couldn't immediately figure out how to how to how to use, which emulator we're using yuzu yuzu um maybe run emudeck and make sure the um the the things are up to date because it we, it brings them in itself um, okay yeah i i had i th- i thought i had run all the updates because but. there are newer versions of yuzu especially the ones that are uh, now breath of the wild mm. switch version right yeah. uh compatible they're running getting a lot better frame rate i thought that. maybe it was just some some random setting i mean you know because we especially switch emulation i mean that's that's not the reason to buy a device no no slide the scope yeah. it is it's pushing device. it's pushing yeah. it but this shouldn't have been a title that pushed it yeah, it was yeah, a very yeah. this yeah. is a port of a fucking but psp game in, really in a way it, that it kind of explains why mm. <laughs> right like because this is like it's who, probably not anyone's target when they're working yeah. on the emulator they're not mm-hmm. saying we need to make sure puzzle quest is running i just i was just surprised that i, I almost immediately came mm-hmm. across a glitch in it it's another indication time. of like things things that you think are simple are never simple mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. um now that all that being said, and I know we're like effusive praise about the Steam Deck. There are some shortcomings. There yeah. are there are some things that aren't great about it, and a couple of them I wouldn't have even thought about if I hadn't been like you know reading posts and, and seeing other people's reactions. Um, I read somebody on I think it was Reddit who was talking about they are quite severely visually impaired. Yeah, and the magnification <laughs> options on the Steam Deck are not good. And they can't like they can. There are games that will run and run fine, and they cannot play them where wherein they can play them on the Switch because the and the Switch. And this is the thing that kills me. Nintendo is not known for its accessibility options, 
and yet their magnification options and the fact that things are written for the Switch and they mm-hmm. know what the size of the screen is and they know the UI and all that. The fact that you're that you're running PC games on this thing is a big factor in that sometimes text will just be small and like I, I, and you're, <coughs> you're you're mapping a lot of things, especially older games that were supposed to run at six forty by forty or eight hundred by yeah. six hundred to a sixteen by ten screen. And a lot of what you're running isn't native Linux, so if you had a native Linux screen um, size changer, it may not play nicely with things in Proton. There's a lot of moving parts. Yes, exactly. Which makes something like that, I would assume, hard, although I'm not on the dev team. Kicking that out to Valve, though, they've been fairly responsive. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure it's the kind of thing they're thinking about, but it is is a factor in that, like, you know, the, the accessibility path for the Steam Deck is a bigger challenge than something like the Switch because the Switch is a single ecosystem. I, of, I don't know. I feel like it's actually better for that. I feel like the the Steam de- the Steam developers are probably far more nimble about oh, addressing yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. Like they may not have anticipated that being an yeah. issue, but once the word gets out, I feel like somebody. Because it's will so and, open and as well as if you're if you're in, well, the, in the beta, and it's like the there's uh, so many opportunities for the, somebody the to cryo fix utilities. It. Somebody might come up with some sort of yeah. uh, screen amplification that yeah. they end up bringing into the main line, and a lot of that's just because of the Linux platform too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it gives them so many more options. But they did, it is a limitation of the current platform. Absolutely, and that is absolutely that, that needs to be addressed. Yep. The other thing is, of course, and this just makes sense, but it, it should be mentioned since we I don't want to see like we're just going. Hey, the Steam Deck is the best thing that ever happened uh the battery life is pretty fucking dismal like, i don't i don't use it not plugged into a wall right um, but that's the point right but i'm <laughs> sitting on the couch and uh and the most my use case 90 percent of the time is either i'm in an airport uh so far is i'm in an airport or i'm right. sitting on the couch and my partner's doing something with the the tv and i'm playing uh games yeah. and and i mean it's got pass-through charging once the battery's charged it stops it takes it out of the loop yeah, and that's, it just that runs. Part, yeah. I appreciate the compromise. I oh mean, yeah, this was always going to yes. be the biggest problem with any of these units is is battery well, life. Is another there a comment on the state of battery tech that right. it is the state of? It would be like another tech. inch and yeah. more weight, or keep it smaller and aim for around an hour and a half yeah. in most moderate cases. Like but if you slept it, it on is, a battery, it is something. If you're considering a Steam Deck, I think it is something that you should be aware of. Or you can carry around something like this. Yeah, Jamie's holding a brick. Uh, I've got, I got one of the uh, Anchor 100 watt. Um, I think it's 25, 25,000 watt Million. hours, milliamp hours. Yeah. Um, it, it, it it's about double the Steam Deck battery size. So right. I, could, I could charge it to full it's, twice. It's about the size of a can of Red Bull. Yeah, about about <laughs> almost exactly. It's 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 about that same diameter but square. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got two USB C ports, and it will max output 150 watts, 100 to one port, and 50 to the other. Uh, the Steam Deck chargers, the the one that it comes with, is rated at 42 watts. Mm. So this is this will put out more than enough to charge up a, a Steam Deck in a in, with alacrity, mm-hmm. um, and it's also enough that it's twice what. Yeah, the the battery uh, sizes. So something like this, if you're going to be on a plane that's a, you know a four hour long flight, five hour long flight, this would extend it. If you don't have seatback uh, charging. That being said, my recent flights, uh, I flew out to BC, uh, Calgary, and then back. Uh, all of my flights had um, 
Power. Power. And I was able to charge and play my Steam Deck for the entire the entire length of the flight right. without running into a problem. How many monies was this? That was, I think, 120 monies. Me, ouch. But, you know, it's not, uh, it's got an OLED display. It actually does. <laughs> and it will throw you um, actual charging stats when it's plugged into something. Good news, everyone. It's Jamie's battery is at 100%. Um, but oh something like God. that, I, I picked up, um, and I've got the 65 watt anchor charger, which will charge that up it's, relatively right. quickly. It's 26 too. degrees Celsius. Yep. 100 percent battery health. Yeah, it tells you what its current temperature. Watt is. hours total input. Wow. 17 watt hours total output. 31 screen uses. Yeah, the screens come on 31 times. <laughs> Zero battery cycle. Pe- uh, people in the Amazon comments hate the fact that it tells you how many times the screens come on. I'm like, well, people in Amazon comment. Period. That's, um, that's cool. But it's it's a nice thing to have for when you don't have power. But I've yeah. never run into a, a time when I'm playing. The, I guess I played it on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, although I can't think of a worse place to play a Steam Deck than on a moving yeah. bus. <laughs> it's USB-C in and out and a, a USB-A out. Yes. Now, that being all that being said, I... I have not yet. I mean, I mostly don't play plugged in, mm-hmm. and I have yet to run into a situation where I have run out of battery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the amount of time that I typically play. Yeah, so, you're not. You know, you haven't dropped a three hour session onto it. I've hit about two in No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that drained it really far, but it mm-hmm. still didn't run out. I was, and that was, I was done before it was. That was so, native on the deck. Yes. Shut up. Oh yeah. Oh, No Man's Sky runs real good. That's insane. I tell me about it. This is my first impression was the fact that I'm running No Man's Sky, which again, now we have to put it in context. It does run on the Switch, for example. There is a Switch port. Yeah. And but, like it is also a PS4 era game. Yeah, but like, still, that's that's no small feat. I mean Exactly. It's like and and it's the full PC version, hmm. right? Like the the there are compromises in the Switch version that the PC version does. You can't not play have. it offline though, right? Yeah. Oh, can you? I'm pretty sure you can, yeah. I, there are saves, and it does cloud save, but right. it's like, you can't do multiplayer offline. But right. To put it into perspective, I put 14 hours into the game I'm going to talk about in Pixels and Tokens, all, right. all on the deck. Yeah. Oh, shit, you've been playing, oh, wow, I didn't realize you had been playing it on that's the that's deck the whole time. 100%, so, 100% of the deck. To move us on, um, it, it really does feel like, so again perspective there there is a current analyst estimate that the deck has sold about three million units it's going to sell three million units this year yeah. i think they're saying like 1.8 from launch to end of last year yeah and they're expecting to do like well, another 1.6 and that's in this been, year and that's been keeping a minimal number in warehouse like yeah. they're moving yeah they're they're, they're, they're at the point now where they can things. they can fill an order so but they don't have warehouses full of yeah. them and that's fine, but it's still I'm, I'm just a fraction of like a PS5. Sure. PS5 is like what twenty five million something like that. Is but they're happy. Insane. Yeah, no, it's it's selling well, but it's still not mm-hmm. the be all end all. the The important metric I think is this versus say new GPU sales, mm. and this is far outpacing new GPU sales. Yeah, I don't. So doubt it. this is where people who are interested in PC gaming are putting. You can their get money, like right? three or four. Well spec Steam decks, the price yeah, of forty ninety exactly. So the the super interesting thing, and there's a couple of things we talked about uh, before, uh, in that it seems like companies are investing in this as a factor as a platform. There is a new competitor possibly on the horizon called the Asus 
ally. It's part of the Republic of Gamer, which yeah. is the worst name. I, I mean, everything Ace Doom's got. My God. Branding-wise is just terrible. But oh. it's part of the Republic of Gamer brand. And they throw around very good-sounding specs, but no prices. So there are no prices. However, so I've seen, I've watched a bunch of, like, reviewers. Now, keeping in mind, all the people who have reviewed the the early units have been handpicked by Asus to Ab- do so. Absolutely, yep. So there's stuff they can talk about, that's what they can talk about. I have heard rumors that it is competitively priced with the Steam Deck. The important thing is it... A runs Windows 11 just straight up. Yep. It's coming to Windows 11. Um, it is a 120 hertz screen, something like that. Crazy. Yep. It's like, sure, what? Whatever. It is full 108060 is the target for this thing. Um, and it seems like it's hitting it. Um, for most of the things that they have demoed, it has done that. And that's playing on the unit. On the unit natively. Interesting. Yeah. Um, now, of course, the thing that nobody's talked about and nobody will until it releases, of course, is what we just talked about. Battery life. What's the fucking battery life yep. on that thing? It's going to be an hour if that. Right? Unless it's literally two inches thick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, and it's not. The other panel. the other thing I've heard about this is it's, it's thin and it's quiet. The problem with batteries is that they are real, real pigs with heat. And the thicker they are, the more heat they will generate, and the yeah. worse they charge when they're hot. And the, the thing these things die on is cooling. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the thing that I, I saw when review was talking about. The thing that amazed him was the fact that it is so cool and so quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got to have a small battery. There's, yeah, something's going on there. And then he wasn't allowed to talk about battery life. That, cool, thin battery life. Pick two. I, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. If it was cloud gaming... I would make all the sense in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't have, it just basically has to power the screen if it's doing cloud gaming. No, it's got, it's a full, yeah, full stack. It seems so. like a bit of a reach. We'll see we'll when see. it releases. But the, the kind of the point is the fact that this even exists mm-hmm. and they think this is a viable product is a good indication that this is a real thing going forward. Sure. Right? So, but the problem, not the problem, but they live and die on someone else making it work for them. Yeah. Like they, they require Microsoft to make sure windows 11 works great on this thing. Yeah. And eke, like they can't eke performance out like valve can valve goes into steam OS and they enable they Like they enabled, um, so I downloaded um, Doom Eternal, and I am playing Doom Eternal on the deck with ray tracing at 30 frames a second in on this screen. Is it yeah. Vulcan? It's they, they've added Vulcan ray tracing for it, like uh, the, in Mesa, wow. and it is amazing. But the the fact that they are able to go in and do this, Asus isn't going to have that kind of leverage yeah. with Microsoft, even if they sell two, three million units, I really go to Microsoft and say, make it run better on our, our unit because Microsoft has to aim at a large target for Windows. So what Steam has is they've got an OS where they can control how they're getting stuff out of it, how they're yeah. making performance gains, how they're making games run better. Like when um, Tomb, well, not Tomb Raider, when there was a game that came out recently that ran like crap on the Steam Deck and they had it patched day one with a Proton fix. Um, it wasn't Resident Evil 4, but they did do something for Resident Evil 4 too. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but there was another game recently 
uh, not God of War. Uh, Last of Us runs like runs terribly on PC and <laughs> the Steam runs, Deck. Yeah, runs like crap. Um, but it was another game like that. It did just come out, and they actually pushed out a, a proton patch the next day that fixed all the problems that it had on launch. Right. So they fixed Be- the problem. The developers before had. the developers could even address the problem. That's right. That's they were nimble. That's that's what you can't do. Yeah. So that, that, this is the thing. Is like Asus. They're installing Windows on it, and now it's Microsoft's problem to make sure yeah. things well, the devs are performant. Too. Or, yeah, or the de- developer. Like, they're going to expect the devs to, to support start, the Ally. Start targeting you know, this, they, this You guys going to make this one better on the Ally. So that, that's why there's a good side and a bad side of yeah. this, right? Because, like, A, it's, it's good that this form factor is a thing people are considering. Yeah. But also, the, the nice thing about the Steam Deck is the fact that it gives a single target yes. for people to try and hit. And if you start changing that if you start adding more units that had different capabilities suddenly that advantage goes away yeah i don't right? want to i don't want to shit on the asus ally it's not out yet but yeah we don't even know right like, just it, and i'm also probably sure that eventually you'll be able to throw steam os on it uh, oh, or something is, like, similar this is why i'm not like i'm not being all tribal about it because yeah, like, no but i was just thinking what, that, i guarantee you gabe doesn't give a shit gabe wants to sell steam games yeah. the steam deck exists to sell steam games it, they don't give a shit about hardware if this thing will run steam you don't care what yeah. operating system it's running that's that's the catch it's the fact that they made it made its existence known on april 1st as well yeah and people <laughs> said ally Al, all in or whatever they they thought that the name alone proved yeah, that it was yeah. an april fool's joke uh with the, the fact that they showed it to the world with so little detail that's extremely questionable there, there it is a bit sus but the other side is <clears throat> apparently um you're going to be able to buy these things at best buy sure yeah, they're oh, yeah they, they had that on the, their like, partner well at the, the very least they had the menu up or like the pre-order yeah. or hey <clears throat> click here or put it give us your email if you're interested in this item so we can see if you're interested and in like this they item. don't they don't make that kind of investment without thinking this is going to be a thing Ooh. right so you know who knows like you can't do that with a steam deck like you can't walk into best buy, I, and buy a steam deck that's my bullshit meter is definitely binging oh, it's not off the it's, charts but it's definitely like, it's the, the, definitely the a let's let's see your, kind of your thing. bullshit geiger counters making soft clicks yeah, yeah. but uh, but it's, it is interesting in that people think this is going to be a thing and uh, absolutely as jamie added to i added notes or did you add it well, there's I, no notes there's no name we, we both added things i added the uh, microsoft adding handheld gaming options to windows 11 that's mm. what we're going to talk about next so um, so Why don't you take it away? They, a there's a bunch of it, it. Seems like it's in one of the insiders' builds. I haven't really dug into where people are seeing this, but there is reports that there are handheld gaming uh, settings showing up in builds of Windows 11. Or something. It was like a so they, they 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 added it in or something like that. But it, it looks like they're they're looking at adding controller options and configuration options into windows for these things like the uh the steam deck because people will put windows on steam oh, yeah. deck yeah uh um, windex and um <laughs> they they also for like the um the ambernic devices and uh the rog the asus one they'd be fools to ignore it so it, yeah. it looks like they are starting to make inroads and it's good for them right? yes, absolutely if we can get xbox on a thing that people hold in their hands yeah we'll do that um but they also offer uh, concise um, official instructions on how to get uh, Game Pass on Steam Deck. 
right. which yeah. is something you wouldn't expect from Microsoft from 1980, but they're doing now. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that they are realizing that this, in addition to every PC running Windows, that there are these smaller devices and that adding support for them is something that's worth spending time on because yeah. uh, on something with the complexity of windows where you spend your time adding features or looking at new features is yeah it's a a whole byzantine mess on how to how to uh, assign people so this is much like the you know apple adding rich previews for mastodon yeah ios this is like you decide where you're going to invest your time based on if you think this is going to stick around it has me a little more excited for the two terabyte sabrent uh, mm. SSD that they've talked about. Um, they're Severin is very active on Reddit. And oh they're, yeah, they're they, in they the, see they're in. This the, is a vector for them. The Steam Deck subreddit all the time. Anytime somebody brings up SSDs, they're talking about performance or they're talking about things. And they said that they're looking at a single sided two terabyte um, uh, twenty two thirty uh, NVMe drive. Yeah, um, which if Windows becomes a viable dual boot option uh, valve is supposed to be adding uh dual boot to the bios in a future update on three we are running steam deck version three so sometime in the near future there might be officials uh dual boot options it might be worth looking into it just a, run like a grub kind of a it, it really right now it's third party things i think the most popular one's called casper okay um and it works great 98% of the time <laughs> but then you, you roll snake eyes every so often and it will only boot one of your oss and not let you get back to the menu gotcha what a um, time to be alive it's so i mean it's looking like i, had, I when i first got it i'm like i'm going to re i'm going to resize this thing i'm going to run windows on it cuz i want to run destiny on it but I got it, and I started playing stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to play Destiny on it. It's it, Destiny is my uh, sitting down on a couch with an OLED yes. thing, not you know sitting on a train with a Steam Deck. Um, but game streaming from my Xbox via Greenlight works amazing on it. So even if I wanted to do something like that, I've got that option. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, Linux has been great. But you know, if Microsoft throws us a a, a bit of a, a bone there, it would be it would simplify things. So one of the things that mm-hmm. I've done, this is a bit of a confession. I've already talked about it in the Discord, so you already mm-hmm. know. But um, because I'm trying to decide, like I know I'm gonna gonna play Diablo Four. Yep. And so I've been, and because it's cross platform and cross save, it doesn't matter what platform I buy it on. So which platform am I gonna buy it on? give me the most options so i'm inclined to buy it on pc just because i have a number of pcs and the steam deck and it doesn't matter because i can still play with you guys so i in order to see like how what is the experience of playing a diablo like on the steam deck so i, I ended up installing BattleNet mm-hmm. on the steam deck yep and it, there's a few hoops to gotta jump through because right gotta, there with you yeah um, because you got to add it in as a non-Steam game in desktop mode, install it, and email it. And it's, it's way better to launch Battle.net and then launch Diablo. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to enter your credentials and your Battle.net authenticator every time you start it up yes. if you add Diablo 3 separately. So I did that. So I ended up installing because I wanted a Diablo that does have native controller support, which Diablo 3 does not yes. on the PC. Yep. So I ended up installing Diablo Immortal. I know, I know. That's it's Diablo Immortal. It's, sh- it's shameful. The thing is, 
So I've been playing that on the Steam Deck kind of regularly. Yeah. It's fine. It and 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 I have not hit the point where it matters. Yeah. And so as like I'm sure at I, some point I'm gonna hit a, a, a like, straight up it's great. Like yeah. when you just jump in, it's you're like, oh, this is cool. Game. This is just, fun. Exactly. I'm killing Diablo. stuff. I should show you the trippy ass um, Diablo three control scheme I've got on this for the PC version of Diablo. All right. Um, it's it's interesting what people have done. Hmm. At any rate, it's been fine. So I'm probably going to buy Diablo four on, and the only reason I'm doing, I don't. This is the other thing. The other reason why. Despite the fact that I know about the dark patterns in Diablo Immortal, and I'm I've not spent a cent. I am not even tempted to spend a cent. I will never spend a cent on Diablo Immortal. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I don't care about it at all. It's just a goofy thing to play every now and then, mm-hmm. and that's probably the best possible place to be Counter, at. Counterpoint: If Microsoft does end up buying Activision, Diablo Four might show up on Game Pass, and you might be able to play it just via Game Pass that's, streaming. That's also true. Um, but that's the whole wait and see thing. They're right? still going to charge for the season pass. I I would I well, would be surprised. Absolutely, but I mean, but it saves you eighty matter, bucks. Doesn't matter which uh, which yeah. platform you buy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at any rate, um, so that's the, the fact that I could just do that. Now it did Diablo Immortal specifically required a number of hoops extra. Yeah. That that Diablo Four apparently just works out of the box. Like it's just fine. Um, it's not like you had to install it on BlueStacks or something. No, I had to like get to like copy over some Direct3D files. To so the, you were playing the PC version of Immortal on your Steam Deck. The PC version of Immortal on the Steam Deck, and it's fine. I even got controller support working, which apparently Reddit thinks you can't do. I it just works for me. Nice. Um, and it's been fine. So I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to get Diablo Four on PC just because I can. It's really quite nice on the Steam Deck. And and you know they're aware of of that this is a way people are going to want to play it. And that's the other thing is like, you know, you got to start paying attention to this stuff because people, this is where people are playing the games now. And so, you know, developers need to be aware of that and start accommodating for that. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not a complete rebuild just to make sure you can run controller on a, on a, on no. A and that's, Steam that's the other thing. It's like, I didn't, I did have to jump through a few hoops to get it running, but once it was running, no problem. It just sees the controller. It's all fine. Everything. Everyone's number one complaint on the Steam Deck subreddit is third-party launchers. Yeah. The Rockstar launcher, the Ubisoft launcher, EA threw a launcher in on things for yeah. uh, like a hot minute for some reason. Ubisoft um, launcher is a tough one because apparently that is just straight up broken. It, 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 you, you, there's, I think, command line switches to avoid it in some games, yeah. but in other games you, you apparently have to. It's the fact that you to, can buy stuff on Steam, Steam and, and then, then it you have throws to bring, in another yeah. launcher, but that's like it, and Battle.net is a third-party launcher that yeah. you have to jump through in order to play a game. It'd be great is if they had a Steam native version yeah. that you could buy and it would just launch and then you just log into your Battle.net. One account. thing I'm gonna try because I am I am actually I doing the thing I said I wasn't gonna do and I am gonna upgrade the SSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to install Elder Scrolls Online. Okay. Which does have the, controller support. Yeah. It does have controller support. Like all that stuff should be, should be fine. It does have its own kind of front end launcher thing. It's not really a launcher. It's Cyberpunk just, does the same thing. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Um, that's going to be maybe tomorrow, depending on how the podcast editing goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that'll be interesting to see how it handles that because there's like a, a step to go through to get 
into the game. As long as it right? doesn't make so, you enter your password. I mean, that's, with, that's with Cyberpunk, thing. it loads up a page and it basically just says press A and yeah. you press A and it goes to the game. It should be like that yeah. for Elder Scrolls, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's the deck nook, I think. Oh, yes. Also, next thing. <laughs> this is kind of funny. The Sony handheld? Well, Sony's basically said that they're developing a, a handheld basically for ps5 streaming right that seems to be the vector for it so it's not even as useful as the logitech uh streaming handheld no i don't think i don't i mean obviously that doesn't seem logical for them to release a unit and just say hey everybody now you can play your ps5 remotely that doesn't feel like what they really want it to be i'm guessing it'll also have it'll play like uh, playstation now remote titles as well even still yeah that is worse than the logitech uh, whatever they call well, that, it, that it, thing it, will at least run Android thing. games. It, but also, it'll run uh, Microsoft game streaming. It'll run any any kind of game. Yeah, it's, it's more a streaming thing. Yeah, no. because it's Sony. Out now, they again they haven't they haven't even officially announced it yet. So Sony is something they're working on. I mean, they're they're throwing their weight behind all these gamer lawsuits against the Microsoft acquisition of. Uh, it's it still shows that they're they recognize that there's a desire for mobile for mobile play that's, that's not just on a phone. The interesting thing I think about this whole drift is that suddenly because we have this console like experience, but PC games. Mm-hmm. Consoles have to kind of acknowledge this and mm-hmm. and accommodate for it. And how are they going to do that? Sony going to Sony? Mm-hmm. Like Sony's going to say, "Well, we've we're we're winning. We own everything. Mm-hmm. So you just got to play our platform, and that's it. Period. Like that's just what they're going to be like because that's what they've always been like. Yeah. Um. But they may not win. That's that's the interesting part of it. Down the road, who knows? Anyway, so that that'll do it, I guess, for Gizmo Town. That's, mm-hmm. that's all of the gizmos we've been gizmoing with. We've uh, we've run into gizmos. My my Linux server continues to be fine, running tickety boo. It's I've not had any problems, so there's no news on the Linux server yeah. front because it's just fine. That's fantastic. That's great for a, uh, a it's home a good run server. it's a good statement for yeah. like how stable this thing is because I've, I've I've you know there's been several Plex updates. Just recreate the container, boom, done. It's like, yeah. You good. run uh, the desktop mode on the Steam Deck at all? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, that's Yeah, good. yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I saw I saw Discord. I was chatting on Discord the other day on the Steam Deck. That's nice. impossible. I, you know, I got the I got the little iQt keyboard, the JV. Oh, that's I, so nice. I, that's, it is really quite nice. So, That'll anyway, make a difference. We're going to take another break, and we will be back with Pixels and Tokens. Video games, board games, video games, tabletop role-playing games, video games, and now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming, but mostly video games. Unsing, there's nothing but unsing, this. So I've never seen such unsing, there's been so much unsing. Maximum unsing. Uh, Pixels and Tokens Gaming, because, you know, we haven't talked enough about gaming mm. so far. We were talking about hardware and the software and that runs directly about, on top yes. of the hardware. Mm. And now the, the games upon which we play from the hardware part of it. What? Why suddenly am I going all, like, Dr. Frank? Hello. Oh, why is it? <laughs> so... 
JV. Yes, you I played a game. I during the spring sale, I picked up Cyberpunk 2077 because it runs great on deck. Somehow, I, I, I spent a, a, a period of time just browsing the runs runs great on deck, and I'm like, they patched it a bunch. They've done a lot of work on mm-hmm. it. It's not the game they launched. I should give it a shot because I I used to play the pen and paper cyberpunk mm-hmm. uh, role playing game, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, everyone was always fighting to be the solo, but you know, I I, I would always uh, mix it up. I'd be a rocker boy, or I'd be. Uh, one of the other classes, uh, but yeah, <laughs> the everyone, janitor. One of the other mini classes. Everyone, uh, everyone the keyboardist. Wanted to be the solo. Um, but I picked it up, and I'm like, I'll, I'll play it on the deck because I've got it. My computer doesn't actually load 3D games anymore, so <laughs> it's my only option. And uh, I've uh, I put 14 hours into this game on the deck, and it's you know it's narratively quite good. I really am enjoying it. They do a nice long intro that it goes places um they've put a lot of time and work into the story on it what well, the the thing i just did uh yesterday was it's not spoiling it's a, it was a side quest there is a fleet of ai taxis in night city oh, and yeah, yeah. uh you have to go and a bunch of them have left because they've got personality problems and you've got to go basically be therapist when Tesla's go bad, be therapist to a bunch of AI, More like when Tesla's get sad, yeah, a bunch of AI cabs and bring them back into the fold. And that was, it, I just had a lot of fun driving around, finding these cabs and then dealing with their individual personality problems. That's kind of amazing. I hadn't heard about this. Before. Um, it was just a, a weird side quest. You get at a certain point in the game, the the you uh, go back and get your car and you get run over by a uh, robot taxi and <laughs> it's, it's a whole lead in. Uh, but going around Night City is fun. The main storylines have been really good. I didn't expect to like the brain dance sequences, but they've done a lot of stuff in them that make them interesting. And I spend a, a f- more time, I think, than I need to in them just looking at stuff mm. that they put in them. Um. I mean, V isn't a silent protagonist, which is nice. Like V actually interacts with people, whereas like Gordon Freeman, you're, you're just this blank template that people talk at. Uh, there's never really anything that he, he offers, but it's nice that there's a, a, a character behind V and it's, it's a really, I pick up the deck and I, I will, I'll fire up like vampire survivors and I'll do one of the new characters I've unlocked in Vampire Survivors or I'll throw up Binding of Isaac and I'll, I'll get frustrated because the controls just feel a little laggy on Binding of Isaac and I don't know why mm. um, but a lot of times I fire it up and I look at it and I'm like I want to play Cyberpunk because I'm, I'm really getting into it the, the, the story beats are well they're, they're, they've got three kind of main uh, things that you're on so you can kind of choose where you want to sink some time you want to deal with this particular branch or this one or this one. Do you so have I, a city to burn? I, I always have cities to burn. Um, <laughs> I was surprised. I haven't, I haven't played it yet. Um, uh, that the, it takes place during the day. 
Whenever I picture Cyberpunk 2077, it's always the you, dead of night. You can uh, just uh, spend time and wait till the day is over and then just yeah, be in the there night. Is a day yeah, but even just looking at p- the footage of the game, it seems to always be day. And I'm always yeah. a little disappointed. Like Part of me feels like it should be in eternal night, just like in a dome or something. It's called Night City. I, you know, I part of it protected myself from spoilers because i'm like you know what this game is a train wreck i'm probably not going to get it i'm just going to read whatever about it and i i still they got me with some of the twists Mm -hmm. and i I was not expecting uh what they had done through the intro portion of it Mm -hmm. so i it it, for 30 bucks or whatever it was it a solid 30 frames a second on the deck with the uh they've got a they've got a dedicated deck um software settings like oh, yeah. there's a you know high medium low and then deck cd, CD project red's not fucking around it, it runs like i mean if i am in the midst of night city and in a car tooling around it may drop to 28 frames a second yeah but it is almost always locked on 30 that's good to know um there's two small problems the text is small on it. There's no yeah. slider yet that CD Projekt Red has uh, provided us to get. It's not even subtitle text or UI text. It's the you pick something up and it's just this little string of blue dots. It looks like like mm. you just need to inflate that a bit. Yeah. And another thing is in certain UIs the cursor is huge, and you're trying to position it because you're reading this block of text like that somebody sent an email and that you got to move this huge chunk over to one side so you can read the first part and then you move it back mm. and then you can scroll it so i don't know why like in every other menu it's a normal size block but in these uh computer interfaces it's huge interesting um so that's the only two real things that have jumped out at me um it, text scaling still kind of blows my mind how how little some developers really address it i remember uh final fantasy 14 uh, online um the text on on the tv was completely illegible yeah they, they didn't scale it up and i couldn't understand that i i it was com- there was no way you could read what was happening because yeah. it was so tiny on the console version i'm like it's the fucking console version guys make this shit legible the voice acting also in cyberpunk 20, uh, 2077 is also really well done i haven't run into anyone who seems to be phoning it in uh, which is which is refreshing because a lot of times you'll 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 play a game and you'll run into somebody who's obviously yeah. there for the paycheck and mm. you're just you know I need you to go get this thing. I've had and, a real a real checkered history with this particular game. Mm-hmm. Um, it it behooves us to address kind of the elephant in the room with Cyberpunk 2077, and that's the whole trans issue. Yes, um, because CG Project. CD Projekt Red have not had a good history with trans issues. Especially some of the artists they were using on the original uh, design stuff. And it was mostly like the community management stuff. Really, really shitty. Um, And and some of the stuff in the game is still there. Like there's a particular ad for Mm. some energy drink or something that like clearly fetishizes trans bodies. And it's... It, it upset people, understandably so. I haven't seen it. I remember it's it when it everywhere. happened. Everywhere, it's like it's, it's every they, food they must ad. they must have called it. I would like to see. Actually, thing is, I own it on PS Five, mm-hmm. so I ended up when when it launched. And it launched disastrously. I was still curious, obviously, but I had also been aware of all of the the nonsense that they pulled dealing with trans issues mm. and just because i'm aware of that kind of stuff i'm like you guys don't fucking get it at all um 
So, so I was like, I was looking forward to this game, but I cannot support this company being this shitty. So I'm not going to get it. And then it came out and it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And so what I ended up doing was because it was clear when you got it on Xbox that Microsoft was just going, you want a refund? No problem. Go just, go, yep. Yeah. It was an automatic process. So I bought it on Xbox Played it until I was done and then got a refund. <laughs> right? So yeah. I was like, yep, I'm good. Then much later on, when they'd done some patches and they'd fixed some stuff up, I ended up buying it on sale on PS5. So I got it for dirt cheap. I can't even remember what it was. And I ended up playing it and it was like, okay, I, it's fine. I didn't end up liking I don't like, the, first of all, in general, I don't like first person games. That mm. is just a me thing. Um, and so that really took me out of it. I didn't like the com the combat felt clunky and awkward and it felt stilted. Um and I hit a point where in the plot I was I was enjoying it up until the point that you walk into the, and I don't even remember what part of the plot it is, but you meet this character who is such an obvious, over the top, stereotypical gay character. And it is just unbelievably like campy and overdone. It's like if you took John Waters and turned it up to 14 kind of thing, right? It was just like, so it was offensively over the top. Wow. And I was just like, I, I can't anymore. I cannot just knowing their history with trans issues. And then you've thrown this in. It just killed it for me. I couldn't go on. So that's where my save game on PS5 currently is at the stage where you meet this character and they're just, it might as well have been, it felt like some, some, you know, white cishet dude in the 1980s is writing a sitcom and this is the gay character, yeah. right? It's, it was, it was that bad. It was just like, Oh, I can't, I cannot like you, you guys, I know, I know you're in Poland. I know things are different there, but Read the fucking room, guys. Like at a, at a certain point, you have to get some of this at least, and to release it in this state is like this is just not acceptable anymore, mm. right? So that's where I fell off of it, and unfortunately, now I would be curious to go back and see how they addressed any of this stuff. Like that ad, particularly, that was a big sticking point. Yeah, I I, I know the ad, and I haven't seen it in game. Okay, that's interesting. I would I may actually load it up again on PS Five and just see if that ad is still there because that was one of the other things. It's like it's so edge lordy, mm-hmm. and that it, that's one of the things I bounced off of. Not even about the kind of gender issues or anything like that. It was it was just the kind of edgelordiness it didn't feel cyberpunk it felt like some suburban kids idea of what a cool cyberpunk thing should be it didn't feel like an actual you know william gibson cyberpunk it felt like some kid's idea of like i'm gonna be cool now and be all cool and cyberpunky right maybe that's changed i hope it has um, but that was where I bounced off of it. No, but it's, it's interesting to see you coming at this at such a late stage yeah. that you're not. And I know because we both have a history uh, with cyberpunk literature, and we both appreciate it. And the fact that you're not having that experience, yeah, no, it's it's not hitting me. At least I haven't gotten to that maybe that point yet. But right, um, yeah. it's it hasn't been 
bad, but I know they've done a, a bunch of fairly major story updates to it. I will be, I would be very interested to see if that stuff is still in there. Yeah. Because yeah, that's that again, that's what balanced me out, but this was also early days. So maybe they have addressed. Yeah. It. I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. So on that note, that's sorry to be such a doubter. No, but, no, no know, worries. I think it's, you know, we, we do have to talk about, we, we are Absolutely. trying to like be, you know, understanding about these things. And we have to like, if a difficult subject comes up, we're, we're being positive, but we also have to talk about this stuff. Like the fact no. that, you know, if this stuff happens, it's important to address it. Right? Absolutely. So, I was just curious if the DLC that they've announced might be, you might play as a different characters, which would give them a lot of options, but it sounds like you're still playing as V. Yeah. So, well, that makes sense though, because that's the character of the whole game. So, no, I know. You know. I thought, you know, you put a lot of effort into, into V as yeah. well. Some of the, G, but some of the GTA games, the DLC that they had, you right, were playing right. a totally different character. Cause I mean, there's a lot of stories being told in this world. So anyway, I was just curious. Speaking of cyberpunk, I guess. Uh, apparently there's a new Tron game. Yes, Tron, Tron Identity. Identity. Now it's I effectively did, a visual novel. Yeah, I did see the fact that it's a visual. And yeah. that's, that's one of the reasons why I was like, well, nah, I'm good. No, it's mm-hmm. very narrow. It could be really cool. I mean, you yeah. know, it, I think it just came out. It's just not my style of game. That's no, but still, game. it's an excuse to luxuriate in the Tron universe. I mean, it, and like, it's not a Twitch shooter. It's it's just you're playing a detective that's been hired to determine what the hell is going on and it's it it's you know it's it's i don't know if it's canon canon but it it takes place after the events of of tron legacy okay and you know because in in the in the computer world time goes much faster mm. so it's it's been you know an extremely long time basically since those events right anyway i think it looks it looks like it could be a lot of fun it's on switch and pc i hadn't even heard of that yeah no it just it's just coming out now does so. it work on the steam deck Almost certainly, um, yeah, it's, it's like on, it's not a very taxing game. It involves, I think, there's like a puzzle game involved in it, it as well. Three D, like, is it? No, it's it, well, it's there's. I think it's animated. I mean, there's pre rendered. Yeah, it's it just you know, it's, it's not trying to push the limits, but it is at the very least, and it's an excuse to to jump back into that world. Yeah, so yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. I I just threw it in the show notes because it's something you might want to no, look for up. Sure, yeah. So at least at least check the trailers out, and the review should be coming up shortly. So, um, but it's, you know, we love Tron here at uh, Pixels and Tokens. I, I, I rode the Tron roller coaster. Yes, tell them, tell us about that. In Disney World. They uh, they just... Uh, you were posting pictures in the Discord, during it, the Discord. It was, they, they, it's technically it was during the previews, and I had to get one of the, uh, the lightning lanes for it, otherwise you weren't going to ride it. And uh, it is really good it's it's full like bent over shaped like a light cycle <laughs> terrassing around this place it was so everyone criticizes it for being short and it's 100 percent short but it is fantastic like the launch the bank outside then going into like the, 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 the you're going through the digitization area and then you in the computer and they're projecting everything around you and it's just really well done Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed it. It's going to be a, a beast. It's it's the second best ride at Disney right now after the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in, in uh, Epcot. Cool. Uh, but yeah, no big big year for Tron. Like all kinds of new Tron merch and coming out because of that. They're still ride. supposedly working on a sequel. Yeah, so we'll still talking about Jared it. Hey, you know Jared. Jared's a capable guy. We'll I, see. You know you got to stop putting people like him in movies. I want to see. But anyway. 
Suicide Squad. So you seen? Did you see the trailers? Original trailers for I, the Suicide Squad? Yes. Game? So it's a co-op shooter. Yeah. Which is something you know, as a, this easily could have been a Frankie Frankie place for us. You know, the four four oh, yeah. of us playing. Um, you know, it's it's Suicide Squad killed kill the Justice League because basically the Justice League get infected by Brainiac and he turns them all evil and you're basically part of the Suicide Squad trying to get rid of them. Uh, and it's it's very much an Arkham game in its basic execution. But then they released the the, the final the actual trailer for it uh, a few like a month ago, and they showed all the lovely live service features and people. They went down Avengers snapped. Road. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was it was just baffling. I mean, the problem is so the idea is you're the team you're tasked with taking down the Justice League. Sounds like an amazing game in that. It's something you would play over the course of 60 hours or whatever, and and you finish the story, and then it's done. No, no, no. We have to make it a live service game. It has to be infinite. And, you know, the the only – it's it takes place in the Metropolis, but, you know, Metropolis itself is a very large map, but it's still basically just you tooling around a map with your team. And, you know, everybody has the power of flight, even though you're Captain Boomerang or whatever. And then it's basically just – Killing ads, getting stuff to upgrade your weapons, and eventually taking on boss fights against the 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 hero the, the villain the heroes in this case. So, and and it was everybody was very excited about it until this trailer hit and they realized oh it's just another fucking live service piece of shit where they're gonna gouge everybody on on cosmetics and loot box shit and um, they were. At first, they they delayed it like a month. Say no, no, we just got to do some polish, and then uh, just the other day, they delayed it until next February, <laughs> which says we need to change. Back to the drawing board, kids. Yep, did, you, yep. did you see what happened to Avengers? And because we don't want that to happen. To this us. is this is almost like what happened with Sonic the Hedgehog in the movie when they released the trailer and everybody hated yeah, the look man. of Sonic and they went, that's not what he's going to look like. And they basically had to pretend that never happened and mm-hmm. then completely redo it. This is the video game equivalent of that where now they have to basically determine how much can we change this without completely starting from scratch and still yeah. releasing a, a game, a game by February. That's nuts. That's a mm-hmm. huge delay for a game of this magnitude. It was supposed to be welcome to crunch. It was supposed to be out in March, I At think. Originally, at least it doesn't sound like it's going to require engine changes. It's no. just going to be content. Content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've got an engine. It, yeah. it looks beautiful. There's no question. It looks good, but the gameplay loop doesn't feel like it's worthy of that of that rehash like that constant it's gonna grind. be destiny one there's gonna be somebody who says i don't have time to explain why i don't have time to explain yeah or i'm sorry my face looks like this from mass effect uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was called andromeda. andromeda but yeah so so they've definitely recognized that what they have presented to the world has been soundly rejected mm. and they need to figure out how much damage has been done by by what they've revealed to the world and can it be Aside saved from what was it uh, the, one of the Star Wars games that came out and it was going to be loot box way loot, up uh, Battlefront Battlefront they, Battlefront 2 they actually paused the loot box thing yeah, yeah. but they the, didn't fundamentally change the game this is one of the first times I think that people the game have itself was fine it was have, just the loot box part that was have, have gone back to the drawing board because yeah. of reaction because yeah. normally like 
Battlefront 2 is out, and people are just like, what is all this loot yeah. box crap? Yeah, and they had like, to... Okay, we'll turn it off. Yeah, that was basically it. We'll just make it free for now, but... But, like, know. this is, like, they're going to go and fund... Uh, fing- apparently fundamentally changed the game. And this is important. This is this is a big deal because yeah. the game companies or I should say the corporations that own game companies have decided that loop that live service is is was they decided a couple of years ago that that was the future of gaming because it was like an infinite money cheat. And then Avengers happened. And like every literally every Avengers single live service game with what? the exception of Destiny, that's why Sony bought Destiny's. Yeah, they want to shoehorn live service into everything. You know, and and even Diablo Four. I mean, they've got Battle Pass for it, yeah. and they've they've got a long term plan for it. And and somehow because it's Diablo, most people are fine with that, especially because they it, feel like it they can. Really depends. And yeah. I don't know if you saw today there was a patch that, or not a patch, but like a a, a blog post about the next iteration of Diablo 4 mm-hmm. and they have changed quite a lot based entirely on community feedback yeah they seem like, to be pushing back about how much gold it was going to cost to reset your uh, your your perk tree mm. uh, because people are like what if I want to try a different build on yeah. my, my barbarian I've mm. invested all this time and you're saying I've got to spin up a new character to no, they, it's saying it's it's not going to be prohibitively expensive but that's intimating that it's going to be expensive mm. like why lock people out of playing different play style like what do you mm. what do you yeah it's how t- does gatekeeping that make the game better it's taken destiny years to finally get to a point where they're they're embracing uh builds build crafting like it's they it used to be a giant pain in the ass and they had to run finally just recently added the ability to swap builds on the fly and even then it's still not perfect but it's much 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 better than it was i mean they were they were okay letting third-party people make apps that do it for you but you had to be in 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 orbit and oftentimes it would time out because destiny's api is just a pig's breakfast yeah because it was never intended to work with other people's stuff but anyway it's choking on my fisherman's friend um anyway it's 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 a big step that that warner said okay fuck (laughs) (laughs) we need to reset so they and the fact that they pushed it back as far as february means it's gonna take a while. We can't to take do what they heat did. on our HBO Plus and uh, Discovery Plus merger. It's, it's, now it's and just this. Now it's Max. That's a whole other issue. They're like, we, we can only take heat on one thing this month. Yeah. We're gonna uh, ch- take it on our streaming service. You guys have to redo this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they've got Ezra Miller in to spend that animation until the Flash <laughs> comes out, so that nothing else can happen with them. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I just I feel it's it's worth mentioning just yeah, because it's yeah, a it's yeah. a fundamental industry issue. This live service gaming. Well, the fact that Outcry actually caused a company to blink yes. is yeah. huge. Yeah. That's that's a huge deal. Um. So next, and this is interesting because I have not been keeping I, up with this. This is a big thing, apparently. Redfall thirty frames per second. So when the Xbox Series X came out, they said flat out. The target for everything is 4K60. 4K60. That's the that's the that's the the floor is basically what they intimated that all games will be 4K60. All footage of Redfall up until this week has been 60 FPS, and then this week they said, "Hey guys, for lunch it's gonna be 4K30." 60 will come at a later. And then if you're the on if you're on Series S, it's 1440. 30. Yeah, yeah. Or 40, yeah. And then eventually they're going to have a performance Series mode. S is such a millstone. Like yeah. But still, uh, people are unhappy. And this is a title 
that is part of Game Pass that nobody has to pay mm. a fucking dime for, and I, people are mad I as don't hell. Get why the, the, the launching at thirty frames a second and then getting an update to sixty frames a second really affects your enjoyment well, of a game? Because Reddit, I want no, no. I, in its defense, I feel like the current generation of gaming. It's supposed to be 4K 60. I love 60 FPS. And the fact that so many titles have come out, including PlayStation 5 titles, where they have pushed out like lower res versions at 60, you still have to decide between performance mode yeah. and graphics well, mode. That and that is, wasn't supposed to be an option. It was yeah, supposed to yeah, all look amazing. That's what the, But that's because you were sold a bill of goods, right? It was right. never It was never going to be 4K 60 all the time. But they, like, they, they did say that. They did promise of course, that. Of course they did. Right. But they, you, you're we'll not supposed you, to we'll believe We'll give you checkerboard them. 60. You know, it's, you know. it's a resolution at 60 yeah. frames a second. How can you complain? You know how many more pixels 4K is? Like, it no, is absolutely. So much I, more, but they like, should never have promised it. No, I, I agree. I and agree. again, this was a floor. This yeah. was not supposed to be on the table. And the fact that everything they have shown from this game was that it was going to be a silky smooth sixty because it's an it's a it's a co op shooter, yeah, yeah. which requires that that lightning reflex. And then to say, yeah, we're going to pull it down to thirty for now, like Gotham Knights. Did you do you you played Gotham Knights? I played Gotham Knights, but I got it on the PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> um, you had to have a good PC for yeah. that. I, I honestly, if, it, if the game's going to launch at thirty, or you wait six months at sixty, I'd rather play it now at thirty. Okay. I mean, you know, it's worth it's worth mentioning just because oh, no, there has absolutely. been a strong is, re- reaction to and that's the, to the fact that I they're think not it's, giving it's it. the interesting part of this is the fact that you know what 4K60 is still a hard reach <laughs> for for a lot of things and it should be mm-hmm. like it's it's mm-hmm. we're we're not there yet we really aren't but marketing said we need to be mm-hmm. so we've been told that's where we are but it's it's not where we are. I mean, I love sixty. I love seeing. Oh, 60 me too. Games. Believe me, I'm a I'm a frame rate. Like I love I love my frame rate, and that's one of the things that getting used to the Steam Deck has been like. I've had Absolutely. to kind of pull back that expectation, and that's why, like you know, the sweet spot for a Steam Deck is usually about forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what everybody says, and that's fine because because on a Steam Deck, I that's all I would yeah. expect. You lock it if you if the best performance option is when you like you lock the Steam Deck itself at forty, and then you uncap the right. the app that you're whatever you're running, and then it just hits as close to forty as it can get. Mm-hmm. That's where your that's where your sweet spot is, and I'm getting used to it, but I'm not. I mean, because I've been playing at four K sixty on the PC for like all all kinds of things, and it is an adjustment. The interesting thing that I have been finding is like I'm playing um, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm going back and forth between a PC and the Steam Deck on Horizon Zero Dawn, and so I'm bouncing between. What is it? Seven twenty on the Steam Deck and seven twenty forty on the Steam Deck, and then four K sixty on the PC. And it's it's kind of neat in that I'm getting used to the seven twenty forty on the Steam Deck, so that's mm. fine. I'm totally comfortable playing it that way. And then when I switch to four K sixty on the PC, it's like a treat. It's yeah. like a, it's like a fun thing that I get to. Oh, this is neat and looks great, but I don't need that anymore yeah. and that is one of the problems is is acclimatization right mm-hmm. we get used to a thing and then suddenly anything below that is crap and we're not we're, since we're not there yet is probably 
not in anybody's best interest to get used to 4K60 because we're not going to get that for all the titles. I think so. part of the fear as well is that this plays into what's the next hardware jump? When is yeah. that coming? And if, if there just happens to be a Microsoft Series XX coming out in fucking Christmas time <laughs> that will offer 4K60, there's going to be issues. Yeah, you know? for sure. There's, everybody's been speculating about hardware upgrades for both Sony and, and, and Microsoft because we're about that point, which is absolutely terrifying to me that we're already at the point where we're there but considering we're the not, upgrade you know We're not going to get it because this hardware cycle is going to be extra long because of the pandemic, right? The, no, it's not that. It's it's the fact that we're we're past the point of... Uh, here's the new hardware that you have to have to play this right, game. It's right, going to be, right. oh, you want to be Captain Hardcore? Then you need the latest and greatest because you want yeah. it. Mr. Andrew wants it to 4K60. Then I guess <laughs> you're going to pay us another $800 for the next iteration. But that's, that's again, where things like the Steam Deck come in and, and kind of throws a whole monkey wrench into yeah. that process because suddenly, well, yeah, if you want 4K60, oh, you know, empty your pocket, mm-hmm. but... If you want to play a game, right? You can you still can still do play that. it. It's yeah. here. We got the game. You don't. You get. You're already paying for Game Pass. There's no issue with playing the game right now. And that's so. that's. I think it's a really interesting position to be in. And it's like we don't know what's going to happen. That's that's the 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 thing that I think is cool about things like the Steam Deck, not necessarily the Steam Deck itself, but the mm. fact that it exists and there is now a niche for that is it has rewritten the rules with redfall is a weird discourse of should microsoft allow this and that's i've seen the 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 xbox series x subreddit or the gaming subreddit been uh, throwing this tweet of some i don't know if it's a developer or a reviewer or what but saying that should microsoft allow redfall to be released at uh 4k 30 i'm like why why not Hmm. i want i want play game I don't want to not yeah. play game. I, I still would have been fine if it had been like 4K30 on this S and then 4K60 on the X because anybody with an S accepts that that's the compromise yeah. in the same way that you accept that it was going to run slower and, and, and uh, on a on a mobile unit. But you know when when you're saying that you're top tier now again, and that's the other side of it is that the PC is still technically Microsoft's top tier because PC and Game Pass or yeah. PC and Xbox are side by each now. So if assuming that there is a a PC version of of Redfall, and of course that's going to run on cap. Would it, would it make assume. you feel better if 1080s can't run it at uh, uh, 60? Well, and that's the other thing is why wouldn't they just have a 1080 60? You but, know, even then, I mean, I don't. They didn't mention that as an option. No, the but, the, mm. uh, the the 1080i, the the 3080, the, the Nvidia. Oh, card. I thought you meant the resolution. No. Um, because I don't know. we don't know what the hardware requirements yeah, yeah. are for it maybe it is only with uh massive amounts of cuda cores that you're able to it's entirely throw possible, 60 yeah. on this thing if 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 they tell me it won't run on my 6900 uh at 60 that would be there is something baffling. about the current the current gen of engines that is a challenge mm-hmm. and 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 um gotham knights is a really good example of that because mm-hmm. i have a 3090 that i was running gotham knights on and it would struggle. Yeah, like it, there were there were points at which it was fine, mm-hmm. and I would hit 4K 60. And there were points which definitely, uh, uh-uh, uh, you ain't do, and you really had to tweak it. it ray tracing ain't happening. Like mm-hmm. it's just not a thing. And Redfall runs on Unreal Engine four, right? So. What I think is the same as Gotham Knight. So there's something specific going on engine wise. Something funky. Yeah. All right. I think it's time. Are you ready? I, 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 
I am ready. I'm mm. I'm off the cuffing it, but uh, off right. the cuff. I like like the uh, the previous one. So we're continuing with our top five games of all time. These are the games that have meant the most to us of all time. We are hitting Jamie's number four. So this is a weird one in that I did not play this one on release. All it right. was only after, and I'm going to say it was probably. Six years after? Wow. Um, so the the game that is my number four is uh, HAL Labs Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, it's a wonderful, personality-filled, fun RPG about a kid with a bat who finds an alien bee, and the alien bee tells him he's got to stop an evil statue... And he spends the rest of the game stopping an evil statue. Uh, it sounds insane. It is insane. It's really well done. The narrative in it is, it's clearly, clearly Japanese, but they translated it so well. They brought it over. Uh, it's one of those games where you just name the protag after yourself. And then you name your, your best friend after your, your best friend. And then you name this person after this person. So you always go into it, you know, with your name here, or you, you know, with your friend's name there. And it, it just makes it feel familiar, even though it's weird and out there. And you're not fighting monsters. You're fighting, um, like animals and citizens that have been possessed by this evil spirit. And it's a turn-based RPG. Yeah. And, uh, you don't kill anything. They just go back to normal. Like the, you, you basically <laughs> beat the evil spirits out of them and they become normal again. Right. But you'll fight like the howling dog or uh, a crow or the new age hippie. Um, and all these people have all right, been, so far I'm on board. They've all been possessed by the evil spirit of Gygus. And, uh, there was an original, this was technically mother two. There was a game oh, in, right, on yeah, the yeah. NES okay. called mother yep. that was the original earthbound. And the default name of the character is Ness because of the Nintendo entertainment system uh, in North America. Um, and this is mother two, but mother never got really, ported or tra translated to uh, North America. So it never really hit here. So they didn't, couldn't call it Mother 2 here. So they called it Earthbound. Mm. Um, and it's notable because when you bought it, it came with a guide. Like it, it, it came with the, the official, I don't know if it was Prima at that point in time, but an official guide for the game. Was it for the entire game? I believe so. Um, so it came in a larger than normal box, which makes it r a pain in the butt to try to own a physical copy now because it's really hard to get it intact in box. But I only came across this in emulation in 1996, 1997, right? The, the, the forefront of, um, it would have been SNES, SNES 9X. Right. Um, so apparently the completed release was 94. So you didn't, oh, so you not didn't even that, that, long, that yeah. late after. So it was 96, I think 97 that I, I had a laptop that was a, actually able to run Super Nintendo games in a little window. Um, and, uh, I remember I, I grabbed a couple games that I'd, I'd seen recommended and I put them on this thing and I went to my grandparents' place in Dunville and I played like eight or 10 hours of Earthbound in the first go. And it was just, it's got a really basic core loop of you equip things that are better to make your stats go up and all your stats are, are they're, they're there, but they're technically hidden. You don't see them 
really affecting how you you do stuff until you know how things work. On the surface, it looks like baby's first RPG. Yeah, it's 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 it does because it's it has a very childish look to it. it, Yeah, it's like a a kid friendly Final Fantasy three. Right, right. Uh, The sprites are around that size, but you're they're all kids or funny looking adults or animals yeah like ness has a baseball cap and he just he just just your normal neighborhood kid but then they they throw these deep things in it like they're you know the um uh i guess it's a poem casey at bat about uh, the mighty casey yeah. and the baseball thing and he steps up and he strikes out like it's this whole thing of this whole hero worship poem about how casey is mighty and you know hits many home runs and he steps up the bat and he strikes out uh, in the game, there's a Casey bat where if basically the digital coin comes up heads, you do critical damage every hit. But if it comes up tails, you whiff. There's nothing in between. There's no normal hits. It's either crits or misses. And you don't know this when you first equip it in, unless you know the poem. Right. Um, and then you, you're playing the game and you're like, man, I either really suck or these enemies are tough. And it's not. It's it's the fact that you've equipped the Casey bat. And if, you're, if your luck is good... You get a lot of crits and you take things down fast, but if your luck sucks, you're going to uh, whiff a lot, which means you have to rely on the other uh, party. And it's a nice game because it starts you off on your own, and then you get your first party member who's Pauline in uh, the default, and she's the psionic character. She's got all kinds of psi powers, the healer, uh, but you've got to watch out. She's really fragile. And you've got to uh, keep items on you that will let you um, keep her psionic powers up. Uh, so, I mean, you've got yourself who's, who's got a little bit of psi powers, but a lot of physical ability. And then you've got a, a glass cannon. It's weed. You have to give her weed. Um, <laughs> then you find the next character. And I can't remember the default name for the next character. Um, I always name him Mike. So he is an inventor, and if you have certain items on his person, when you sleep, over the night he'll repair it, and it'll turn into like a uh, firework that basically shoots and does big damage to something once, or a water cannon, or this or that. Like He can, he can fix these things and uh, um, make them into better things, and uh, he tends to do a lot of physical damage, no psionics at all. And then you have the last character, whose name is Pooh, in the default game, and I don't know why, um, but Pooh has a balance of physical items, uh, physical ability, and psionics, but if you put a weapon on him, except for one very specific weapon, his physical abilities go through the the floor. Like, the second you put any sort of uh, weapon on him, he's not able to hit. So he's unarmed or a very specific weapon that comes later in the game, or psionics. So you get this... This great balance of characters. You've got to really watch your HP. It's interesting because all your your um, gauges, all, all the things that tell you your life are like physical rotary numbers. And when you get hit for, say you get hit for 50 damage, it actually has to wind these things back. Mm. So if you finish a battle and you've taken critical damage, so you take 200 damage and you're going to die, but you your next hit kills the enemy... If you're if the post battle thing finishes fast enough, you won't die because your <laughs> HP actually has to roll back all gotcha. the numbers, so you can still have like one, two, five, ten HP left at the end of it because it wasn't able to finish rolling your HP back when the battle finished. So there's neat little touches like that where it's like it's a physical dial, 
and you have to like it, it it has to wind back in order for you to 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 take somebody out um but i mean it's you you're you're eating hamburgers for health and you're going ho- to hotels to sleep and your dad this was this came out in 94 and your dad deposits money on your atm card and that's how you get more money to buy stuff so the more battles you have Next time you call your dad, he says he's deposited, you know, $3,000 in your bank account. You can go and buy an upgraded, like, bracelet for one of your party members. Um, it's really charming. It puts you into the game. It's really simple to pick up. Like, they do a really good job onboarding you, really good job introducing you to the characters. But mastering it takes some effort. Like figuring out certain weapons, figuring out where you're supposed to go next, because it doesn't really like it. It'll give you broad strokes, but there are sometimes you have to go back or talk to someone that it's not super obvious. So you have to kind of they don't leave you to struggle, but you know it's it's there in front of you if you if you can decipher it. Yeah, um, it's just such a great all around game. Like it, the, when I got my little Amberdick, the first thing I did on the subway was play through all of Earthbound. Um, and it's, it's always one of those games, whenever I'm going to go and emulate something and I'm going to play, sit down and play for some, for some time, it's almost always earthbound. I think, I've, I think I was a snob about it. Really? Cause it was, again, it, it looked very childish and this was around the same time that the PlayStation came out mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into PlayStation world now. I mean, SNES games, as much as I love them, they were the past and this was a late comer to that world. So I never I was never exposed to it. Mm-hmm. No, no, nobody in my circle played it and said, "Holy shit, you got to play this game." And you know, I, I think that's why it. I missed it it's when it came out, and 100% I haven't got around to, to emulating. Worth it. going back and yeah. playing. It's on the Super NES Mini. If if you or any of our listeners at home has that uh, beautiful little uh, piece of emulation, it also ended up on, on virtual there. consoles for various things. Yeah. I remember there was a poll on the original Wii that said, "Would you like Earthbound to be on the virtual console?" It was one of the few times I interacted with a poll on the <laughs> Wii, uh, but I don't think it ever came out for that one. But I think they did add it to the Wii U and 3DS game stores. Rest in peace, they're gone now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Nintendo showing you that even uh, your digital downloads will die a so, fiery death. For the record, and this was announced, um, Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings hmm. are coming to the Switch. Uh, Beginnings was a prequel? Was that Mother 1? No, I think yes. Yes, that's but, Mother 1 because Earthbound yeah. 3 came out Earth, for the yeah. uh, Game Boy Advance. Earthbound Beginnings is, is also or coming out, And that's 3. the first time it's been released in English, I think, officially. Um, but... It's so that is part of the Nintendo Switch online expansion pack, which allows you to play the uh, the emulated materials. It's such a charming, fun game. It's not it's not snobby about it. It's mm. it's like everything is very easy to pick up. It's not like you have to know that you know, th- this is a specific potion that does this. They'll, they'll actually go in and you can just say item. And what does it do? Basically help, and it'll say, this re- this gives you back up to 50 HP. Um, and you'll know when things are uh, out of what you need, like, say, the croissant up to 30 HP. That's great at the beginning, because you only have 30 HP. It's a full heal. But later in the game, when you have 200 HP, it doesn't mm-hmm. do nearly as much. So you got to make sure you're upgrading to, like, a cheeseburger. <laughs> or uh, they've got uh, picnic lunches, which will heal your entire party. Like, there's fun things like that that you can have. Um, so inventory management, it's always a thing in RPGs. You've got to kind of make sure you've got four characters, 
through at least part of the game. Um, so you've got some inventory slots to play with, but you're always going, is this something I need? Do I, should I be carrying this? Should I sell this? Um, so they're, they're always kind of, they, they give you what you need and you can buy other things, but you, you got to kind of weigh each thing because you've only got a certain number of inventory slots. Mm. Earthbound Beginnings takes place in 1980X. Yes. Because, <laughs> because Japan. Earthbound uh, 1 takes place in 1990X. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, it does look kitty. It, 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 it 100% does give off that vibe, but sure. I, I find it more charming than it is, you know, infantile. Yeah. And it's just, it was one of my first real introductions to an RPG, a JRPG. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, it's the kindest, most easy to get into JRPG I've ever played. I, I tried to go on through various Final Fantasies and it just gets into weird tech and like you've got to find these certain things that work. And it doesn't really, it's, it's less friendly. Right. Um, and, and this one was really, I, I can go back and play Earthbound at any time. I've, I've played through it a dozen times at this point through various emulation means. I've never owned it. It's impossible to find. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it doesn't take anything. You could run it on your phone. I have run it on my phone. But you can legally own it. Yes. Yeah, so well, I'm sorry. You can legally play it. Yeah, <laughs> via the Nintendo Switch Online. You until, can't own anything until they no. they shut that down uh, yes, four years choose, after the Switch. They choose to just simply say, "You shall not have this any further." Uh, but it's 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 a great game. It doesn't take anything to run. You can play it on your watch. I'm sure. <laughs> um, it's it's just such a uh, like. Well, Zork gave me a fully populated world. This gave me a fun world that I really wanted to interact with. Yeah, nice. Um, and a bunch of really memorable characters. Uh, one of the things you have to do is basically save this bumbling uh, jazz five-piece that keeps getting themselves in these horrible contracts <laughs> uh, called the Runaway Five. And two of them are obviously supposed to be Jake uh, and uh, Elwood. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's a lot of little, there's a lot of nods like that. Like, that's a, yeah. it's a very straightforward Blues Brothers nod in a kid's game from 1994. Like, it, it is a lot of fun things like that. Nice. All right, there we go. JB's number four, Earthbound. And I think with that, let me look at the time. Yep, we're done. Thank you, everybody. We did it again, number seven in the can. We appreciate you all. Thank you very much. As always, check the link tree in the show notes for all of our socials. I will, of course, be off next week, but I will be posting my continuing adventures on the Discord. Join the Discord. All of the links in the show notes in the link tree. Thank you, everybody. And we will catch you in two weeks. You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links, tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet. <laughs>